0: Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands and today it's a WNR 412, it's a monthly NXT update and I am not alone. I have the pleasure to be joined by the one and only, the guy that joins me on every NXT update, it's Monty, how you doing?
1: I'm doing the best I can man, like this, is, I'm, I'm happy to be here once again for another review of uh, our little—I don't even know if we call it a guilty pleasure anymore. It's just something to feel guilty about sometimes <laughs> when it comes to two point oh. But you know NXT in general as a brand is kind of like our baby at this point. So I'm happy to get another update on what's been going on with our uh, with our little, you know, our two children. <laughs> <laughs> I today do have Roadblock, the latest
0: on the network, and an mm-hmm. NXT UK review. Like I said, that is a safe and grace. Of NXT, but we start with news. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but before we get on to kind of, because like I said, with the news is the kind of debacle. I woke up, has mm-hmm. been uh, recorded on a Saturday, peered behind the curtain, recorded on a Saturday, released on a Sunday, and the kind of shitstorm that happened on SmackDown. Uh, we will get onto that in a minute, but first uh, a couple other bits because it is, uh and Vader has been announced to be the yeah. latest inductee into the Hall of Fame of uh, 2022. Anybody that doesn't know about him hailing from the Rocky Mountains, the 450-pound Vader, first made a splash in the Ooh. wings of Japan, where he destroyed Hall of Famer Antonio Noki in a widely controversial match. Japanese fame was so overseen here, the hero, dismantled by the Jandekin <laughs> Vader, that a riot broke out at Toko Sumo Hall. This pandemonium further fueled Vader's aggression. long line of competitors fell to the devastating manoeuvres, particularly bone-crushing Bade Assault, and uh, the Mastodon on who said his dominance in Japan, uh, and we should say, whilst in Japan, I think, Monty, you can confirm this, I think the match mm-hmm. with Stan Hansen, didn't he get his eyeball, like, knocked out?
1: <laughs> yes, literally, literally popped out of his face, like, no, no lies about it, I think you, I don't know if you still can find the footage, but I, I don't know what I was watching, but I've literally seen footage of it, and it's kind of in the same vein of, like, Mick Foley's injuries of losing an ear in the ring. This is literally, and he kept going. Didn't even matter. Like the eye popped out and he just, he kept wrestling. Did, did. <laughs> so, know. yeah, he's, that just showed you how tough he was. If you want if you wonder, if you're wondering if Vader was a tough guy. Well, <laughs> there you go. He, he, he actually did
0: that and then moved over to Europe and Mexico and the path of destruction brought him to world championship wrestling in the early nineties, where he became one of the biggest stars with hall of famer Harley race. In this corner, if you've never seen Vader from this time, Harley Race is a kind of uh unused jewel. I think. I think when people realise yeah. how good he was, a uh, Vader of course battled legends like Sting, and the matches with Sting are worthwhile. Of course, Ric Flair, more famously, uh, as well a couple of real classics, and Cactus Jack as well. And weirdly enough, it was Ron mm-hmm. Simmons that we're going to uh, speak about as well, of course, coming exactly. Uh, World Heavyweight Champion, then moved to WF or WE in 1996. And again, it's a bit of a shame with Vader because he was suffering from an injury as soon as he moved over. and We've actually covered it on the podcast uh, in the past mm-hmm. because he had some problems. Of course, with Shawn sure, Michael shouting at him during their SummerSlam 1996 yeah. match as well and kind of ruining... Uh, that main event push, but 97 did pick up a little bit, caused victories over the Undertaker at Royal Rumble, uh, but again, never really reached that level of a main event talent. Uh, Monty, what were your thoughts on Vader? And a very silly question, does he deserve to be into a Hall of Fame?
1: Oh man, you're right about that being silly. He obviously yes, he definitely deserves to be there. It's overdue in in that regard because I, I honestly was very shocked when he passed that he wasn't immediately announced. But that's just how much I love Vader. Vader was one of those guys that transcended a wrestling company. Yeah, you mentioned Japan, WCW, a lot of his stomping like the stomping grounds that he dominated, but it didn't really matter. You big Va- big Vader, big Van Vader <laughs> was known, like, it didn't matter what company, everyone knew, I, I remember watching Boy Meets World growing up and seeing Vader, <laughs> so, like, <laughs> like literally, I saw him out of the mask for the first time, I was losing, my, one of the first times, I was losing my mind, not realizing that he had unmasked, you know, before it, uh, plenty of times, it wasn't uh, the same prestige as your, you know, luchadors unmasking, but it was still cool as hell to see the man under the mask, and from what all I, like you said, you just mentioned all of the stopping points. I, if you're thinking about it from a purely WWE standpoint, you probably can make the case that he may not have been a deserving. but I don't think anyone thinks it had anything really to do with him. Like I, it was a lot of stuff going on, you know, injuries and, you know, politics and, you know, people not really liking him. but everyone looks at his run in WWE as like what could have been because they know how good Vader, you know, was. And, uh, yeah, man, he, he was awesome. I think it's overdue. I love Vader as someone, again, as a bigger, I've always been a heavier set person. Even when I was a kid, I was bigger than most kids. So I love the bigger wrestlers, the people who did not fit that mold of, you know, being ripped to shreds and all of that. And Vader was a perfect monster for those uh, guys who were ripped to shreds to try to overcome. So, uh, and I, I just really love, he did a moonsault. Like you said, like everyone, the same vein we put, a Bam Bam Bigelow, at, you know, the Vader bomb is still done regularly to this day, <laughs> you know, uh, off by by bigger characters who can pull it off or it, even other characters are doing it now. So. Uh, but, yeah, he's, he's he transcended uh, what you thought a big guy could do in the ring, even if it wasn't in a, the same way that others have done. it. He, he was uh, a legend among legends. I love Vader. It's Vader time. I'm very, very happy. It's about damn time. For him, yeah. so yeah. All well,
0: without that, like I said, anybody's not seen uh, him before. Even the WSW with the colour helmet he'd come out, right? With, with the yeah, yeah the shoulder pads,
1: yeah, yeah. and
0: um, and also anybody's not seeing, just watch throwing him four up, throw, throwing four arms in the corner. Like no one did that.
1: Yes, (laughs) no protection either. Like you, they—you weren't gonna protect yourself too. Like he was just straight up throwing them. (laughs) Like it was just straight to the face. It was sick.
0: (laughs) It was a thing of beauty, and of course, uh, an absolute legend. Like I said, deserves to go in the hall of fame. Uh, also news from this week as well is WWE 2K22 was finally yeah. released on March 8. Of course the series had taken a year off after 2K20 <laughs> nearly crippled the entire <laughs> brand. I would say um have you been int- I mean cuz it's a bit weird cuz usually i will be first off to get these games. But I did buy I had it. to wait it out. I just I've I've not I done it yet because the pre-order here for the NWA one, was like 104 pounds. Oh, and thought, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I can – I still think 60 pounds for a game is quite expensive, you know, so <laughs> it's, it's one of those things of I thought a wait to hear the reviews. I don't know if you felt the same.
1: Yeah, I was the same way, and I, I, I messed around, and I got swayed just yesterday, by the way, to just go ahead and do it because I've heard a lot of positive. I've also heard a little bit of negative, but it's just from what – my first impressions from just a day of having it, it's a major improvement over twenty and if you're like me and you play these, you've been playing these wrestling games forever and you're just used to it like I'm a type of person where it's almost to this point to where I need to scratch that itch like i still had i still was playing w two k nineteen while twenty was broken for those two years <laughs> because I love playing wrestling games, whether it's just to set up my own little scenarios, create people, whatever it is I love those i just love the concept I love doing it. i've always had since. I was like four years old and I played no mercy and then WrestleMania 2000. So that like literally as a, as a younger, as I was a young fan, wrestling games is one of those things that in, at, at times when I took breaks from watching wrestling, wrestling games is the way I stayed connected to who was still wrestling uh, over the years growing up. Now that I think back on it, but yeah, so 22, uh, 22 swayed me with the, uh, the new, my rise mode and uh, Couple of other things that I've been hearing about uh, them bringing my GM back and all of that. Like I said, it's from what I got so far. I only have one day of experience. It is a fun experience and it's way better than uh, twenty already. But twenty was a mess, so that yeah. doesn't mean this is without faults. If you know what I mean, and I do not blame you for taking your time because I was in the same boat. I was like, I really need to see what what are people saying about this. How is it received? Well, it looks beautiful. The looks are great, but. You know, it is a, a big chunk of the roster. It is sad, too. It's one of those bittersweet because it's people like Jeff Hardy and it's some of these other people look great. And then you realize these people are no longer here. Ron Strowman looks great. No longer here. You know what I mean? So, uh, no longer getting done. So, it's kind of sad in that retrospect, but they really needed that roster because if you take off the 30 or so people <laughs> that are no longer with the company. Oh, my goodness. That game would have been bare bones. Just legends and like. 12 people that you recognize. <laughs> I'm, I'm over-exaggerating. But anyway, go. What? I think <laughs> so far it's a fun experience. I, I'll let you know it as, as time goes on if it's worth the money. But I definitely did not get the uh, NWO pack. I got the standard edition.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, like I said, the game does feature a deep roster of superstars and legends. And also, yeah. said the GM mode, where players take and control of one of WWE's four brands in effort to make it the premier band and as a result, the gem mode features a number of local talents for players to book the matches the brand goes. Yeah. Uh, but posted on social media, indie wrestling former ICW champion Lou King Sharp pointed out he came across a familiar face in the game. Wrestler is another named Red Monsoon who shares a crazy resemblance to British wrestling legend, Drew MacDonald, who was born in Perth. <laughs> yeah, MacDonald rose to prominence during British wrestling boom period in the eighties, starting out in his native Scotland. He moved south to England in 1984, joining joint promotions with the biggest ones in the country in the remainder of a decade. His regular presence appeared alongside names like Big Daddy and Haystacks. And after the collapse of wrestling and ITV, the Scott made his way to the famous Stampede Wrestling Promotion in Canada. Uh, when he faced the likes of a young Chris Benoit working under the name of Ben Doon MacDonald. He later returned to the UK Piquet against <laughs> British stalwarts like Robbie Brookside and Dave Finlay. He remained active in the 2000s, yeah. best in his last match of 2013. And sadly, passed away February 9th, 2015, age 52, uh, after a battle of cancer. Yeah. And on that night's episode of Monday Night Raw, now for WWE or- the star WWE page, uh, tribute to British legend formula words, RIP driven, McDonald uh, painted on her arm. So there you go. Maybe that's a little inside thing. Maybe people didn't realize.
1: <laughs> I definitely didn't. Uh, I haven't even, I haven't, again, haven't played by MG, my GM yet. So I damn sure didn't know it was a resemblance, but nice history lesson there, man. You, you know, I, I knew, I knew um, McDonald, but I did not, I didn't even know about the, The whole uh, paying uh, homage. I didn't even realize it. I probably watched that show and didn't even see it when Paige did it. That's what Paige... Only part of that I didn't really... I wasn't familiar with. But appreciate you for that history list.
0: (laughs) every now and again. I wanted a little bit of positive before we got into SmackDown. Because usually, (laughs) we don't talk about WWE, but like I said, my phone... Uh, blew up uh, basically this morning because usually I don't stay up late because it finishes at like three o'clock in the morning. Uh, morning. yeah, uh, but a couple of things did happen. Uh, Seamus and Rich Holland were being interviewed prior to the match against the New uh. Day, uh, when they said they brought someone along with them, um, and it was uh, Pete Dunn, but they called him Butch, yes, yeah, Butch, um. It looks like he's going to be part of the group. Uh, Michael Cole mentioned Butch <laughs> has been added to the group, so we see how it plays out. Uh, Monty, I'll let you take this first because one of the probably the greatest NXT champion of all time, a man who I've loved yeah. in NXT for the past four years, a man who actually built NXT UK and held it on his back mm-hmm. uh, for a couple of years, is now moved up to the main roster, and is called fucking Butch.
1: Please help me. Uh- <laughs> I don't know if anything I'm gonna say is gonna make it any better. Uh, but uh, they, I, I what was underrated part of this is by the way, is the way is delivered it. Uh, oh, you may know him by another name. No, shit. we definitely know him by another <laughs> name, Seamus. <Shane. laughs> but this is his nickname. I'm just I'm holding on to hope. I think is this hope. I'm not telling you guys to do it because I, if it let us all down, then it's going to be my fault because I told you guys to hold on to the hope. But I'm letting you know that personally, I'm just hoping that since he said it's a nickname, that they don't have to keep – they don't have to hold on to this, but, you know, like, long. But I think Michael Cole confirmed it with the way he talked about him during any – I mean, even – Pat McAfee was in a faction with this guy and didn't even want to <laughs> entertain what his name was long. Even though I did think, I do think he mentioned Pete Dunne, so I give I thank you, Pat, for at least mentioning that that name exists. But uh, yeah, it, it's really it's really disheartening. We talked about it with Gunther. We talked about it, uh, you know. Just I've talked about it many times just on this show when I say just stop changing stuff for the sake of changing stuff. So even when Bearcat Lee first. Appeared, I think I probably told you did. Why are they changing stuff for the sake of changing stuff? So, you know, here go another one of those things. I think we all knew it would be difficult for Dunn if he ever got, got called up. I just don't think I ever would imagine that you would have a guy who reigned as long. Just, I think it also really shows, before I get to uh, that, it shows how much attention they paid to NXT and NXT UK. Because a guy like him who reigned as long as he did over, like you said, put that brand on his back, was the lifeline of NXT UK, established what we know it is as, as a brand, for him to just get, you know, uh, no, just going to call him Butch. You know, uh, y'all, you know, he got his hair shaved to the side, or whatever, whatever logic they came up with that made him come up with that. Because that's another thing. What What's the logic behind that name? You know, it's, it's, The thing is, when like, Vince, logic, wait, when wait. Vince used to
0: give, like, Dusty Rose poker dots when he'd move, right. you know, you would say, oh, because he was a big star in the other territory, and he's come here, and he needs to kind of start exactly. from the ground. You do not shit on your own doorstep. Pete Dunn Walter, <laughs> exactly. has built this legacy that you've just completely kind of undermining and destroying. And it's just... It's so annoying because the talent speaks for itself. And sometimes you turn out their character because they can connect with the crowd differently. And this is why what right. made NXT so special is that maybe it wasn't over-the-top characters, but you know what each one was about. And like I said, the bruiser way Pete Dunn maybe, you know, association with Sheamus and Ridge. Ridge makes sense because obviously he teamed up with NXT. But right, history. Just, like,
1: your...
0: just Butch, I mean, I don't... How are you going to start a chant? Like how? Are you, what's going to happen? We you don't so, do drop. We thought thought personally was the kind of the worst one, you know. And then yeah, it's just whoever is coming up with the names in WWE just, just <laughs> needs to stop, you know, because you are yeah, I, I it's just so difficult. It's so especially when the podcast is built from NXT UK and all the all the talent. The only thing we've kind of got left from the very beginning now. When we started in like twenty fifteen, it's like the women's revolution and mm-hmm. Seth Rollins and Roman, Re- you know, like that's the kind of the only things yeah. that we've had in the past few years. And it seems everything else. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you want to watch great NXT talent, just watch like AEW now with the amount they've got. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's just I can't.
1: were no... they paying attention to Hook? Maybe, maybe they were going for that because they're like, yeah, well, somehow a guy named Hook is over. Maybe maybe we could get something like Butch. Let's call Butch. Who's ever maybe, called for but Butch?
0: I'm, who's gonna call no Butch? Like it's it's Butch. Like <laughs> I can't. It's just I just honestly I've never been in in the seven years I've done this. I I honestly cannot believe we're gonna wake up tomorrow and just. Butch I thought Gunter was the worst, but yeah. it is it
1: it is it actually worst. makes me not mind Gunter. <laughs> well, it's just. I, Butch is so bad that I don't know if I care about Guthrie.
0: I can't defend it. There is no rhyme or reason to change. Um, Pete oh, Dunne is not bad. registered under WWE. You know, it just doesn't make any oh. sense. It's it's not a commercial thing. It's it's nothing.
1: To do you're really with. hitting it on the money with the whole shitting on your own doorstep. Because it's just like, they built up. What we think, like everything we know about Pete Dunne, as far as like, you know what I mean? They built it up. Yep. This, this, is, this is it still says WWE on the product, even though it's NXT. So why are you working so hard?
0: They must, to just take away all that
1: work. I just don't get it.
0: They must have <laughs> hated the Adam Cole Pete Dunne match at Safari Series. That's the. Oh see yeah. You know I mean?
1: <laughs> they, they had to, right? <laughs> And think about it, you know, I don't know how true the rumors was with COVID. They're going to call him, what, Budge? Bulge, Bulge, some Bulge? Or something like that. So Budge and Butch. What is going on? Just and, and I feel bad for Pete because they offered him this after the, the five-year deal or whatever, I think. I just... So, you know, they didn't do it until after they've already locked him in. I mean, so even he if he wanted to run away, like, people think, like, he could. He would have to do a pop and just disappear into the contract or something.
0: But it's PG as well. And Butch <laughs> and Ridge are not a PG tag team. You know, they are real yeah. strippers. It's just not... I don't <laughs> True. know what they're trying to accomplish. Oh my God, that's
1: a good point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's call for Butch and Ridge. Wait a minute. Oh. The policeman. Wait a minute, that's not their trunching. It's just... I can't. Oh uh, no, I can't. And, and it's not like I'm going. I'm not going to defend WWE because there's nothing to defend. There is no. I, I don't poss- know. Wait,
1: give me one, please. Try yeah, your if you best can, if anybody.
0: If anybody <laughs> listening to this, anybody on Twitter thinks this is a and not an AEW fan that is at this moment trolling. Yeah, yeah, like a true WWE fan who loves the promotion, who kind of never ever, you know, it always gets upset. Everybody has a go at them. Tell us why this is a good idea. Because in my <laughs> twenty f- fucking years of watching wrestling, yeah. I I cannot believe what happened. And like you said, Twitter explode. Even the group chat uh, that we have. I know people will really be <laughs> jealous now listening, but obviously with the pod, <laughs> it it just went mental as well. You know.
1: Yeah, I mean, how could you not, though, man? You know, it's just it's just one of them things that you just can't help. It's like every time it seems like. WWE is getting away from doing something that gives them, make them the laughing stock or something. <laughs> They're like, oh, we haven't done something stupid in a month. Here we go. Let's put this out there. Let's do this. Honestly. How about this? Let's try this this month or whatever. Because as much as I love WWE, I'm just like you. I got a lot of years in watching the product and watching a lot of stuff that's happening. I'm just, I, I you can't defend it, man. You, you, You have to call it out when you see it. That's I and and I think I just don't understand. It's a trend that we want to stop. Yeah, that's another thing too. You just want this to end. They have they cannot continue to build up people and then just make them something anew on the fly that makes no sense. And then don't even don't do it. Don't start it off like that. Like I don't understand. But this is like I like I told you earlier. We we do, we love wrestling. <laughs> They they um, wanna make us question it, I think, sometimes. <laughs> he really loved his stuff. I'm gonna let's do something stupid and test your love.
0: <laughs> well, the problem is as well with SmackDown and we thought that maybe gonna be the worst thing to happen. Um and in all seriousness nope. uh during a match between Sheamus and Ridge and a new day, uh on the outside of the ring, Holland attempted a suplex and big E uh, which was oh, not executed correctly. Uh looks like the botch takedown resulted in. Biggie landed on his head, rolled away alive, motion right, a few it. feet from the accident, creating silence amongst the crowd. The cameras did not show Biggie for the remains of the match. And just hours after the incident, instant, Biggie released a video where he's wearing a neck brace. He said he could fit his fingers and all that lot, which was good, but it had indeed broke his neck. Um, like I said, it is horrible, Biggie um, suffering this injury. seems like one of the nicest guys, and the amount of support he's had on Twitter since then as well. Before I get your thoughts on that, I say people trying to blame Rich Holland. There is no way any talent wants another talent to be injured. As Bret Hart used to say, you put your life in the hands of the person you're working with. And right. Rich was one of the first people to be at the hospital to see him. And if anybody feels bad about it, I bet he feels terrible. And sometimes, even with a suplex, people, even people on Twitter I saw earlier going, well, he didn't throw him high enough. He didn't release him right. Well, again, as you know with wrestling, it's it's a partnership between the two. And I'm sure Big E mm-hmm. doesn't injured. Uh, know blame him uh whatsoever but it's a horrible thing because biggie obviously is just such a sweetheart is, as well uh what are your thoughts on this, this horrible situation
1: yeah i agree like it's a horrible situation uh and when you think about it it's just like a, a horrible bowl to kind of put on the story of Big E. like just think, just go back a few months ago january really the right it started probably day one like really since 2022 hit it's been rough when you think about WWE and Big E right now. And just for it to kind of confirm, well, you we won't be at Mania now most likely or whatever, you know, a lot of the big stuff that, that's coming up, you're going to have to push aside. And we all hoping for a speedy recovery. But, you know, again, it's just really sad when you put everything in perspective about where he was a few months ago and then now what's going on. So it just kind of sucked that that's kind of where his story is right now. Now, but I, I do think it is a setup for a major comeback and a great a great story. Not only that, but I just feel like we all love Biggie. But when something like that happens to someone like that, and you just see the outpour of love. And it, it, it crossed company lines, man. AEW it didn't matter where you were from, people were all sending prayers, sending love to Biggie. It was uh, like you said, just one of those moments where, as a wrestling fan, if you watch a lot of wrestling, like I've had. Like I have. You know that these things happen, but that never really prepares you for how you feel when it happens. And uh, I agree with you 100% about Ridge. If you look at the clip back, when he kind of saw what happened or, like, how he – I think he kind of got a hint of it. And, like, you can kind of see him kind of – you can see Ridge almost want to go and check immediately on him, but he couldn't because, you know, he just threw, you know, the spot. He wanted everything to make sense still, so he had to just kind of lay there. And I can just immediately only imagine what was going through his mind, laying there like, oh, my God, I just, oh, my God, what just, you know, imagine what's going through your mind there when when something just don't go as planned. When we're all human, we all can make that mistake. You just don't want it to happen, you know, like that, on that stage during the show, you know, stuff like that. So, it just it sucks for everybody involved. Like you, you know, to really when you really think about it, It sucks that Holland is going to get unfair criticism, get told he's unsafe. I heard, I heard people bringing up when he when something happened that was similarly to Gargano years ago, and it's just like okay, so now they're already trying to label him as you know unsafe when, it, like you said, it yeah. just it happens. It's an accident, man, and like.
0: Right, say so, sorry. someone called him Go the ahead. male. Someone called him the male, like Nia. Yeah, they were comparing it,
1: it, him to Nia, which this... I always thought was unfair to Nia, honestly, yeah. because these things happen. Yeah, she had a bad run. and Multiple people got injured, but you know those things happen. You know what I'm saying? Like Owen Hart is one of the greatest of all time, no doubt about it. He dropped Austin on his head. We all know the spot. So, like, does that take does that make Owen Hart overall uh, horrible and un? You know. Shouldn't oh man need to get rid of him and all that type of No, that didn't. That those, those things happen. Austin had did it did it years before that to someone else too. So Austin's not a great of all time because he you know those things happen in this business. You have to be honest with yourself and be real, no matter what you think about someone. And uh, but when it comes to this, like you just like you said, you just hate to see that it happened to got to a guy like Biggie. But the man just. Biggie is such an amazing person that with a neck brace on and probably some of the worst pain ever, he still was trying to be positive, show everybody he was smiling. It's just like, how can you not love that dude, man? It's just like, it it sucks. It really, really sucks. And hearing that Holland was one of the first ones there at the hospital makes a lot of sense because, again, no one wants to be in that situation. Either way, you don't want to be the guy that gets injured. You definitely don't want to be the person to do it. Because, you know, it's just like you said, a person's livelihood, entire, everything, they're trusting you with that for one spot, whatever it is. And if you, if one thing go wrong, everything can switch over and all that. But I'm just saying, these things happen, and I think a lot of fans have to be honest about that part of it. But, yeah, I'm just like you guys. I'm just as sad and just as hurt that this happened to Big E. But, uh, yeah, both, both sides got to be kind of brought up there that these things happen in this business, and I know – like you said, Holland, no way he, anyone wants that to happen. You don't want to be labeled as someone who doesn't know, who can't protect uh, the person there in the, the people there in the ring with. You know, uh, I take, for example, Keith Lee literally just launched, we talked about, it, launched Orange Cassidy over that rope and legitimately, you know, his shoulders now injured. I heard not a, not a whisper about how, you know what I'm saying, oh, man, Keith Lee this and that, <laughs> because nice. we understand that these things happen, you know what well, I mean? Well, even...
0: Even in a weird way, like I said, you put it in perspective. Look at Drew McIntyre, Madcap Moss. You know, yes, uh, oh, God, perfect. Uh, I thought
1: about and, it legit, I mean, yeah. legitimately, right on his head, similarly. Right.
0: And, and if he'd have been out with a broken neck, the response might have been not good. Why? Because he's with Happy Corbin, because we like Drew McIntyre. So, like I said, right. because it is biggie, it does kind of, you know, like I said, heighten the impact, so to speak. But again, you've got to look, we had like a warning sign there. So maybe it's like WWE, as I said, with AEW when it went through this, is to kind of have a look at it. Maybe Ban overhead, belly-to-belly suplex with its talent. You can trust in pile Driver. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's different variations you can do as well. But like you said, you just need to – it's horrible what happened to Big E. But let's not get on, you know, kind of Ridge's back. He's got enough going on, teaming up not with Butch. So let's kind of, you know – <laughs>
1: Exactly. <laughs> like, that's, that's the funny part. You brought this up, but this was literally right after they told us who Butch was. So, like – the match, by the way, was going well. The crowd was in it. That's why it was so obvious that the crowd deafened because they were really into it and then that happened and it was like, oh, okay, whoa, yeah. let's get out of here. You know, so that just kind of left a sour taste in general. It was like two things in a row. Like, you already changed, he done. And now, big, he's hurt. Like, oh my God, my heart can't take it. Let's change <laughs>
0: one of the names of the greatest wrestlers of his generation. And jail, one of the most light wrestlers. Probably WWE history, <laughs> right? Uh, oh my with god! This. But um, you know, like I said, it is a shame, and hopefully, like City can recover and make a big, big return. And Speaking of big returns, as well, there were rumours about uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, making his big comeback. Of course, with Kevin Owens saying how much he hates Texas, and Kevin Owens invited. Uh, Stone Cold to Texas for WrestleMania and Stone Cold did respond by saying 19 years ago I wrestled my last match in the WWE ring after three rock bottoms I lost the match for 19 years had to live with that defeat knowing my time was up Kevin Owens, I want to thank you, and I want to thank you for waking something up deep inside me that I've kept bearing for 19 years. Ever since you started running out merely mouth of yours talking about the state of Texas, the great state of Texas, you got my attention. Why would you want to do that, Kevin? I can think of two reasons. One, you are one dumb, and this is why I love Austin, son of a bitch. <laughs> and two, you are fixing to you get your ass kicked by stone, Colsey, Austin. We want to call this the KO show, a match, a fight, a brawl, whatever. I'm going to guarantee you this: in Dallas, Texas, where I started my career at WrestleMania, Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to open one last can of whoop us on your Kevin Owens, and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. It was just wonderful. It's not even happened, and I was cheering.
1: <laughs> right? Oh my goodness! You know, uh, it was. He did. I think this is so great, also because like. It's a lot of young people now who know Stone Cold, may have seen him give some stunners growing up, may know about him, you know, when he pops up, you know, 316 day and all of that. But they may not even understand or grasp the concept and how good of a promo Austin was, especially as as he settled into the Stone Cold character over the years. Like that that really gave me the goose the old school goosebumps of just Remembering how Austin used to put his like you said, the son of a bitch. The <laughs> just everything he everything Austin does, the inflections, the the meatly mouth, still saying meatly mouth, like ah I love, like, just love it. I love every like it just Austin was always so good at that delivering the promo, getting his point across. I love how he even flirted with we know it probably won't be an official match, but it said don't matter. If it's a fight, it's a brawl. I just love how he entertained everything. It'd be just a promo. I love it because uh, it gives us something, and it's, it gives us – not only is it Austin in Texas, anytime Anytime Austin's on the screen, like I said, he, and let, when they just had him doing nothing on Austin Day a few years ago, I still watched it because <laughs> it's Austin. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't really care. Like, he's Stone Cold Steve Austin. He is like, honestly, I can make the case. I, and some other people I also like to make the case for, so I'm fearful. It, can, it depends on how I feel. But you can make the case that Austin is, is the greatest of all time. And I know he would never say it. He likes Rick Flair. A lot of other people don't say it, but I love Stone Cold Steve Austin. I always have. So, and I just don't, I'm, i not I, you know, you can't tell me anything bad about him, honestly, as far as like his career in the ring and all of that. So, and what he did for WWE as a brand, he's still the biggest name. Like, nobody gets, like, other than maybe Dwayne, other than The Rock, who I, I put up there, right up there with him in my mind. I don't think anybody gets the reaction or the like when his name is on the show, you know WWE's ratings are about to get a little boost or something because Austin is there and it's just because he's big time and whatever he does with Kevin, because I'm I'm also a confident and I love Kevin, whatever they end up doing is gonna end up being entertaining as hell. I know that. So I'm I'm ready for it too, man. I really am.
0: <laughs> yeah, but That Last, I'm looking forward to Saturday night. Uh, for WrestleMania for that to take place, and seeking the Stone Cold, actually, we move on to latest on the network, we did have a Broken Skull session, this time with Ron Simmons, um, I mean, first off, I've got to say, I love Ron Simmons, and his spine busters, his spine buster was the kind of thing where, we talked oh, about this earlier, you, about Jay. protecting each other, and Ron was just like, get the fuck off, like, that's how his spine <laughs>
1: He did it so angry. It's the same thing with his uh, – I know Randy has a great one. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. I think even DDP had a good one. A lot of them have a non-snap power slam. But Ron Simmons' power slam is another monster. Like you said, that explodes. You just did everything with so much, like, passion. So – and I think that's led into those spine busts, you know. I like to, and, and you, people have to bear with me because personally, this is why I called them because they look so distinct. I call them uh, a black man spy bus because when Ron does it, it just looks different than what anybody else did it. So I just feel like, yeah, you know, that's the you know, power. You know what I mean? Like, we. <laughs> it's
0: of like, It's just, I just love it, man. It's, it's, it's so could holding like a, a bag with both arms, and then, you know, the person you're holding the bag for just goes, uh, or oh, what you do now when you just go fuck you and you throw the bag like the way you throw a bag that's what I'm saying yes. the, the complete <laughs> impact of it and if people because
1: firebusters over... are cool but if you put like like an extra front on it like I love double A firebusters but man it ain't nothing like like you said Ron Simmons picked you up and then was like get off me like why are you touching me <laughs> like why are you touching me <laughs> it was unbelievable and like the
0: thing with Ron Simmons as well, obviously, because, you know, I know APA days and a little bit maybe beforehand, but even when he was talking mm-hmm. about uh, football, you know, American football, and right. when you say his jersey was retired,
1: I'm guessing that means he was pretty good. <laughs> like there's yes. not many guys. Yes. He's in the, the Florida State Hall of Fame. Like he, he was a defensive lineman, and he almost won the Heisman Trophy, which just doesn't happen all the time. And I know that may sound form, but they just look at that as the greatest honor for an individual player in college football, uh, in a college American football here. So, yeah, he was that guy. And and it, at the University of Florida State, where he went, he is uh, like like I Austin's mentioned it a couple of times. He is a god for the stuff he was able to do on a football field. So, yeah, yeah, he's the, he's the man. <laughs> well, like you said, well,
0: hero Matsuda saw Ron and started to recruit him to become pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. Ron said he was a fan of wrestling, thanks to his grandma, who lo- loved uh, Bullet Bill Armstrong. And because of that, he fell in love with it. Ron had played three years in the USFL and was on the same team with Lex Luger. Lex had started his wrestling with Matsuda, and Ron mentions there weren't a ton of Batman. men uh, in mm-hmm. wrestling at the time and uh, like I said oh, he, you know, he kind of talks about this but there's some great clips here of him wrestling uh, Yokozuna pre WCW days and the weight of Yoko as well we saw a bit on the Icon sees, uh, series of how you know what shape he was uh, and then of course mm-hmm. in WCW wrestling, wrestling stunning Steve Austin, how great was that the two guys <laughs> kind of look back and it was a
1: kind of really close Ooh.
0: relationship as well weren't there
1: yeah, I, I I was uh I wasn't surprised, but it was really really nice to see. But once I once I thought about it, it made a lot of sense with their background because Austin played football too. He wasn't anywhere like he even mentioned he wasn't anywhere as good as Ron was at, at, at athletics. But he was an athlete in high school and uh and uh and in college just like um you know Ron was. So they kind of anybody who kind of had that background and played American football kind of have they you can it's i played american football so i know it's kind of easy to find a common ground with it because it's with you put your body through a lot of trash to really play american football so it's like one of those things that if you really got far in it uh it's, they you automatically get respect and you can just hear that respect and like you said just our old friendship come out throughout this conversation in the stories uh that they that they told he mentioned it all i think for most of the stories he Austin had to clarify, we've talked about this off camera, but you know what I mean? Because they literally seem to really like talking to each other. So it was real cool to to see that, you know, especially from two people who didn't really cross paths much really during the peaks of their, or like the most notable times in their career, if you really think about it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's weird, Like that's an excellent point, because it's like they're on the same rosters, but like you said, the match interaction didn't really right. happen a lot you know and then they talk about the move to uh, WRF and the blue gladiator out outfit and the thing I loved about this was Ron who knew it was probably as ridiculous as anybody else and that is when you could tell he was a good guy because he was pissing himself laughing about it <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like he just couldn't. He, he like he couldn't even explain it to his wife. <laughs> the outfit was so bad. he's just like couldn't even explain it. And I love it because the story makes so much sense. I can see why he would have been excited because you can imagine Vince just building this gladiator. Like ah, oh, he's gonna be awesome, you know. Like, you know, Conan, you know what I'm saying? Just building it, right? Spartacus. And then the next day, you yeah. <laughs> yeah, Spartacus, exactly. Spartacus. And then, like, he gets there and he see that outfit. He's like, what the hell is this? Like, it, it, it's No, it's great. It's, it was a great moment. Cause, and then I love how Austin kind of tied it back to the ringmaster because it's also a great reference of how sometimes when Vince, when he, you know, when he first, when he gets you in the company first, he, you know, don't always – know what to do with you right off the bat you know so even to greats like them it was it was like that so yeah no uh, it was nice to finally get that backstory because I knew when I originally watched it because I used to be a fan of Ahmed Johnson I've seen that clip when he attacked him uh, and made his debut and it, it was always nice to because I couldn't imagine it from growing up and knowing the Farouk I knew when I saw that that was his debut many years later I was like who? what Farouk Farouk <laughs>
0: This is the thing, and, and from that, it didn't really last long as, like you said, that gladiated because the Nation of Domination yeah. came around, and um, Fruit was talking about saying his own stuff here, and what a group when you think about, you know, when you think about a wrestling group, and I know mm-hmm. there might be certain undertones with stories and stuff like that, but you know, when a wrestling group, you want to build kind of world champions from that. Apart from D'Lo, I mean, you know, The Godfather as well. But you know, Mark Henry became champion after that because of the kind of what he learned from that. And they built, mm-hmm. like we talked about earlier, probably the biggest star in in, <laughs> in, in history, <laughs> you know, right? With The Rock, and and then, like when Fruit said, "No, we could just do what we want," and they learned from us. You know, this was the kind of thing of. Being together as a group, and it, it kind of you look at their careers, and their groundings, you can see why each of them became success in their own right.
1: Yeah, and, and what I like too is like the progression because earlier he mentioned how Teddy Long and Bush Reed, his old tag team partner, taught him like it was a learning tree of that way. So many, it's kind of it was kind of cool to see years later that it was kind of like a great. He, he became the teacher. In the seven or eight years that had passed, or like actually, I think it was earlier than that, possibly. So more than that. But either way, it goes in the time that had passed. He he was the teacher now, and passing so much information on, and how The Rock used the foundation that that was there to build The Rock as a character. And it, it just it just makes it makes it made a lot of sense. And I, I'm a big fan of this of this run. He mentioned this all. The, he mentioned this too, and I don't know even know if he notices it. But he was the first. Uh, of a lot like originally him joining wrestling was because Hiro Matsuda wanted to have more black wrestlers him winning the world title was even part partly to try to attract more uh black people to watch or black people to shows uh in some part of what he mentioned and also he even mentioned that uh you know the reason why he like it was just he was the first of a lot and I don't think he understands that when you the when you're the trailblazer there, like how much I don't know if we understand how much as far as like black people in wrestling. I don't know if we have where or are where we are now in wrestling if people like Ron, you know, is not there to to be the trailblazer. Because I can only imagine what he was going through back then, if you know what I mean. He even kind of hinted at it being really, really tough. So when you think about the nation's domination and being a an entirely black group who all went along to prosper, even d what he's doing now in the wrestling business, I've been doing ever since. Like, just being profitable black people and people in these positions, later on, Mark Henry doing what he does now, but don't even mention what the, the Rockets is out of this galaxy, right? So, it's just like, when you think about that, like, it's just kind of awesome to see the learning tree, where a lot of that greatness comes from, and that's what Farouk was here, and it was this was cool, and we haven't even got to the APA
0: yet. <laughs> well, that's what I saying. but even you mention it and him becoming world heavyweight champion, because the thing is, he doesn't make a big deal about it in a weird right. way, you know. And it's like, yes, you know, also it's like, well, your first black, you know, kind of man become a world heavyweight champion, and he's going, well, it's just you know something that happened. And you think anybody else? You know, something like Larry Zabisco crawl, crawls about being Bruno Sammartino. Is kind of betraying him <laughs> right. and lives off that gimmick. And, you, you know, anybody else, you know, like Eugene and Ron could have done that, but didn't. And like we talked right. about the Farouk outfit and coming and having that respect to the locker room, moving Stone Cold says, no one laughed at him. Every, you know,
1: people might have <laughs> thought it was ridiculous. But right. No one said anything. You know? I love how he kept mentioning how, because Farouk does have an awesome voice. That's what makes the damn so perfect. The way he does damn is just awesome because of that voice. So, when Austin would reference just how that voice, I think he said, "Uh, uh Ron would scare people uh, just saying the ABCs <laughs> because of how intimidating his voice was. So, yeah. Uh, I, like I said, this was awesome for a lot of reasons, and and it, it was also, um, like I said, I learned a lot, but it was also cool because of the length of it. I thought they gave each section of his career a lot. And they do that with a lot of these interviews, but just the way this was done and the way it kind of did a great little timeline for people who didn't know, because like a lot of us, like you mentioned, our introduction was run in the APA, and that's not even the best run semi. If you see what I'm trying to say, you know, uh, that's just like a lot of the runs that we grew up on. So to think about that and really try to, you know, get to know uh, that Austin background, you know, and get Austin to ask those questions, those great questions that he did. I mean, this was great.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. And like I said, just finishing off, we talk about Teddy Long as well, was a designated driver uh, for JBL. and <laughs> Fruit been an asking him, you know, what was different? He goes, well, me and JBL were just saying else from, from everything, you know. Uh, but I think this sums up Ron Simmons as a person as well. Because you think about the APA run and all this kind of stuff. Uh, Ron knew his hip was going. And he didn't want to tell JBL because he didn't want Bradshaw to be able to either pick up the slack and be able to do that. want to become his own man. So he didn't tell him he was going to retire. And then went off. And, of course, then JBL had that, or as we said, became JBL, the career rejuvenation of the WWE champion. Yeah, exactly. You think if Ron didn't do that, Bradshaw might have been still wrestling five years later. And I think Ron Simmons knew that. So the man he was was just like, look, stop. And when, like you said, you look back, when people just think he's an acolyte or, you know, member of an APA and what he's done transcending the business and not making a big deal of it. Because trust me, if it was anybody else, he would be shouting from the rooftops. Yes. It's
1: just a what really. T-shirts, merch. <laughs> like, I would guy. literally have merch. First black world champ. That would be my T-shirt. <laughs> just plain white letters with a belt logo.
0: <laughs> but like you said, yeah. really. But run really like you said,
1: player. wouldn't even mention it. Like, he he's surprised that many people still send them mail about how important it was. And I'm just like, bro, you don't understand. Like, <laughs> we didn't even think it was, a lot of black people didn't think it was possible. Like, they were even more scared. Like, people still talk about uh, representation now in wrestling, but they was even more scared from uh, like Like, like, literally. <laughs> like, I think Coco Beware and Jump Yard Dog is like the only two people that you can even think of. Uh, off the top of your head immediately from, from the era that Ron was, because it was like mid-80s when Ron started I think, so
0: That's like yeah. a phenomenal career and definitely works check uh, checkout, but we definitely. will now move on to NXT 2.0 and luckily we've only got All three right. episodes so to cover <laughs> on this one so we start off February 22nd we get highlights from Vengeance Day, and then Bron starts the show, and he tells us that Saturday, April 2nd, we're going to get Stan and Deliver. And like we said, we're going to review that and have Jaxi and Gina do NXT for the very first time on night two. Um, oh, man, see- I hope they don't
1: embarrass us. Just, you Talking know about what? If we don't get perfect <laughs> scores. If we
0: don't get perfect scores. Right?
1: Trouble, oh, my God. Know? What if I predict that bad? I'm going to be hurt. They can't beat us, Jay. No. I'm sorry. Okay,
0: let's go. No, anyway, it can't we'll beat move us. on. We'll move on. <laughs> interrupts for a great promo. Dolph does look like such a star. And then we get LA Knight versus Grayson Waller. Uh, Knight made a comeback as he stomps his opponent in the corner, hit a net breaker, but then Sanger saved an employer from the BFT for Waller rolled up Knight with a handful of t- tights. After Knight night, both Sanger and Waller call himself the last man standing. Um, I don't think the match wasn't too bad till the finish, but I think we finish to finish now aren't we
1: yeah honestly just it, this was fun you know in my opinion uh especially just to kick off the show and i do love again how, how over la night is at this point it's still cool and uh, you know the, the comeback had the fans really behind them. but you know uh, that finish like you mentioned can do without it and uh, you know, last man standing. Uh, hopefully, like you said, hopefully that's the end here because I don't really know what else they could what else they can tell with this story. You know, we all know Grayson's a prick, and we all know L.A. Knight doesn't you know like Grayson. They, I mean, they've had this going on for a while now. It definitely should not make it
0: to stand and deliver. Yeah, we're about that. Well, we get the confirmation of women's Dusty Classic lineup. Uh, we get EO and Kaylee Ray, Lashland and Amira Miller. Uh, Ivy, Nile, and Tate and Paxley, Casey and Caden, Indy and Persia, Kai and Cho, Jalen Gonzalez, Ulysses Leon, and Valentina Feroz. Uh, so, out of those teams, I know the Dusty Classic is nearly over now, uh, but which of those teams would have caught your eye?
1: I actually had three favorites here. Uh Honestly, and uh, it was Core Jade and Raquel because of the little you know the vignettes going into it. I figured if you have a narrative going, uh, you know, that's a good sign going into the tournament. Then you have uh, um, actually, Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai. Only reason why is because they really interest me, and I'll get more into that later, later, besides other than the fact that they're just out of their, their minds, but yeah. Uh, And, of course, EO and KLR, I'm leaning that way. I was always thinking if EO – like, since they announced that they were going to be teaming together, I was like, okay, yeah, definitely. It's two world champions. I just – like, why not? But, uh, yeah, I'm going – so, KLR and EO had me the most excited going forward. But I was interested in in, uh, those other two teams, too.
0: Yeah, I think mine, you know, obviously – is, is it we all know anybody listening to this for any amount of time? Well, no, EO and KD Ray is my pick. Uh, but like I said, the Jade and Gonzalez zip lining was a fun video, so we had like I said, we saw, saw, uh, <laughs> cool things with them in the first round of the mm-hmm. Dusty Cup. Uh, our favorite team in action, EO and KD Ray versus Lash and Miller, as toxic attraction looked on from their lounge. KD Ray Platt, a legend with KD Ray Bomb and a moon. Over the moon, salt from the genius of Sky to win. Uh, what are your thoughts on this kind of basic way to start, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, like you said, just a, a pretty a pretty basic way here. Nothing uh, too bad, you know. But you know, it was kind of because this was a tournament match, but I, I didn't really expect much, you know, from uh, you know, especially when it's EO and KLR versus Lash and Amari, you know, because they're newer and I, you know, no way that. Uh, the team that's like, you know, EO and KLR should lose that. So, uh, you know, just, you know, the less experienced experience team losing, handling it, makes sense.
0: Yeah. Well, Duke Hudson beat Dante Chen in a competitive match. Dunn interrupted Mello and Trick. And walked to North American title match. Grimes aided him, leading to Grimes beating Trick Williams. in An okay match, but you always get 100 with Grimes. We see Nikita Lyons making a debut versus Kayla Inlay. Lyons finished off with a split leg drop. Uh but it only impressed me at the time she's good leon does have the right look, and a lot of people were impressed with her finisher as well
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah i know we i think I know what they were impressed. <laughs> I don't necessarily think it had much to do with anything she did in the ring. <laughs> uh you know but uh she she's huge she's gonna be huge compared to like. Most of the women too, so you know I think she can have a positive future, uh, depending on uh, how things go, and you know. Uh, but she didn't, you know, it's just a, a, you know, squash man. so you did not give her a chance to really see much. But Twitter ran wild, and that's a plus to WWE. So we're obviously going to be getting more of her. Uh, so <laughs> there you go, and uh, yeah, we'll talk about it because like she. It's some obvious things going on there. I think uh I think Pritch- is Pritchard over is the one booking, right?
0: Yes, yeah.
1: I'm I'm blaming Pritchard for all of this morning. So now just I'll just leave it at that. Well, speaking <laughs> of which,
0: uh Indy found Duke and Persia playing tonsil hockey. There right? we go. And the bottom line was Duke has done both of them. That that's what they're basically telling. Yes,
1: <laughs> that's literally the only thing you gotta understand. Yes, Duke has has definitely had both of them, and. Yeah,
0: that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally what we want for, for the first segment. And we see Malcolm Bivens took shots at Imperium while celebrating Minds Dusty Classic win, which brought out Walter, Ike Nabarfell, a Brawl and when from Bibbins left line with uh Walter. But Solas Sokoa super kicked him to save Bivens, but Sokoa clarified he took out Volta for himself. Uh yes, please. And then Dusty Classic first round. Caden and Casey versus Ivy and Tatum. And the Hills almost got the win off a tandem slam and a standing moonsault. Wherever counselor broke up the pinfall and hit Paxi with a 450 splash for the win. Nile then choked out Paxi for losing, as Roderick Strong encouraged the violence. Uh, again, basically told the story, is Ivy getting a heat back afterwards? Yeah, you know, uh,
1: yeah, and, I, and I guess it made sense, you know, especially for what, you know, Ivy... Now I was trying to get over in her character really, uh, you know, over, you know, tough, intense. So, you know, taking her out there, you know, it is what it is. But uh, I didn't necessarily know where that was going, but, it, you know, it was fine. The match itself was, you know, uh, they obviously reached for some of these teams competing, if you ask me. Like, I don't know. This match kind of made me think, like, did we need eight Because I thought it was like 14, the four teams. Four of the teams were a lot better than the other four. But we'll get to more of that as the term goes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll move on to the main event, which is Master Champa versus Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler showed his in-ring IQ early, grounded Champa, avoiding his big-shot attempt. Blackheart briefly gained control with a big knee strike, but the shaft planted him face-first on a time buckle to take back initially. Ziggler barely got his foot on the rope after a big knee. Outside, Ziggler planted a Blackheart with a zigzag on the floor. The Imperfect Chumper worked with only one arm, and Ziggler managed to reverse a slow fairytale-ended attempt into a seeper. Blackheart got to his feet, though, turned the position into a back-back stunner. The two fought to the apron, where Chumper hit the air raid crash on the apron. Fucking hell, that was a big, big move. As Chumper back to the ring, a cameraman struck him with a camera from behind. This set up Ziggler to hit a superkick and gain the win. Who was the cameraman? Well, it was a glorious former NXT champion, Bobby champion. Roode, uh, hitting the Black Carp. But Brom Breaker cleared the ring and challenged the two to a tag match, a brawling shawl to end the night. I'm going to say, what a fucking match. And I think it's the first time ever in NXT that I was actually excited about the next episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, this this had a really, uh, a real big match feel. You know, we had two guys. Who I thought belonged in the main event, you know, we know we know what Chompy is all about, and Ziggler, the world champion. So like these were two champions, in my opinion, who put on a show here, and you know, and I, like I said, I know what they can do. I know Dolph doesn't always get a lot of time, a lot of time to show it. So I thought this was kind of cool because I hope I was hoping going forward that this was just how his run was going to be in NXT, that people kind of get a reminder of just how good Dolph Ziggler can be. And uh, you know, if you can see beyond bad booking, of course, you always knew that he was that good. But I, I think this match was a great example of what he can still do, and especially going in there with a guy that level of chompa. And I, I, I did not mind that finish this this time, like you said, rude being the cameraman was a nice touch to me, man. And uh, yeah, this was the, the show ended really strong.
0: Without doubt. I mean Chump was jacked and ripped in this. Uh Dolph was excellent. And Chumper did lose at home, but I can understand uh why. And March first we start the show with Chump and Breaker in matching singlets in tag action against the Dirty Dogs. <laughs> I thought that was a nice touch from Chumper. Awesome.
1: Yeah, it was really, really cool. I love the look the, the uh Steiner Bros gear callback there and uh it really uh, got you kind of hyped for what was going on. I was like, "Oh, so we're kicking it off like this. All right, let's go, you know.
0: Well, and then the glorious theme, which has got nice. a special place in my heart, considering it's my very first perfect scorer scored when Bobby Roode beat Nakamura for the NXT Championship in January of 2017. I mean, it's just all the good memories Oh, i back. I can't believe that's five years ago. I'm glad now. they didn't
1: just change Bobby's name to Rude. <laughs> Scooby Rude would be, <laughs> would be his name.
0: The main roster. right, just called him Scooby. Uh, well, we get into the match. Chumper got the first hot tag, but the Hills kept their dominance, quickly taken back over. Breaker saved his partner with a big tag. The two hit reverse Doomsday Device for an earful, which followed by the Black Heart hitting the fairy tale ending on the Show Off to get the victory. bit surprised there. And backstage, the Golden Breaker into agreeing to a triple threat match involving them and Chumper. NXT Roadblock next week. I mean, why have the Hills lose? to set up this triple threat. But, again, Ziggler loses a bit of advantage here. What were your thoughts?
1: Yeah, that part I didn't really understand with the, uh, like like you said, where Ziggler was positioned. But, you know, this match is still great, you know. Uh, I still, I pointed it out once before. I hated that this is awesome, Kent, from because, like, they do it at the worst times. It was just a dive. Yes, it was a nice, exciting moment. And yes, it was hype, but like everything, is, the match didn't even really kick in yet. It was, they had went to the first commercial break and all of that. But anyway, it was fine. Anyway, the match, though, fun. Fun as hell. I loved it. You know, uh, Ziggler makes Breaker spear look like a million bucks, by the way. Like the selling of the spear, just the way the explosiveness. Like I mentioned all the time how explosive he is. We talked about Ron Simmons. Ron Simmons created an American football. Ron Breaker also played American football. Uh, there you go. Uh, but anyway, love the Steiners callback. You know, like I said, the bulldog from the top in the match, too. You know, man, like you said, crazy stuff uh, as far as the match. The match was awesome. Yeah. Uh, like you said, Ziggler losing there to set up a triple threat, you know, it is what it is. But when you, I, I kind of also felt like they wanted Chopper to get a little bit of that, you know, get a pin back after what happens, you know, especially if they were going to set up the triple threat. They wanted everybody to look. Reasonably strong going into it, I guess. So it, it, I didn't mind it too bad. If since I knew that they were probably leading towards a triple threat.
0: Yeah, I think we're about that. Like I said, really fun open. I know no one is watching NXT anymore, but again, this was good stuff. And despite Waller's refusal, LA Knight played on his ego and to an agreed to fight in the last man standing match at NXT Roadblock. Yep. Yes, NXT are doing a special again before stand and deliver. And just after we had Vengeance Day, we get Roblox. Are they just trying Mm -hmm. to bump the ratings a little bit unsuccessfully?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think that's that's exactly what's going on. You're trying to make, you know, a little bit. I'm trying to make these 2.0 episodes. trying to give it a little extra oomph or something when you're marketing. So you say it's Vengeance Day or you say it's, you know, whatever. So you can try to get that ratings boost and hope people come to see because, you know, again, we know the reputation of takeovers and their specials, even when, the, uh, even when, like, you know, the pandemic, when a lot of people don't necessarily like those. So I still thought they were putting together decent specials during without having, a, like, with everything uh, considered, you know, with the crowds and all that stuff that we had going on back then. So NXT, like I said, still has a great reputation when it comes to those specials or those, uh, you know, big takeover events, and I think they, they try to market off that and try to use that a little bit more now because, like you said, to get a little bit of a boost on viewership.
0: Yeah, the problem with that, if they keep doing it every couple of weeks, then... Just, right. Like, 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 how many special Dynamites have there been that I don't pay attention to anymore? Because I just yeah. watch it anyway. It doesn't... I don't care it, if it, it is brand like S- or... like
1: Even the St. Patrick's, like, yeah, I understand <laughs> that the holiday is here, but I was gonna... You know, it's just, a, it's just Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, not, it's not
0: special, but you know. Right. And it, we continue with the Dusty Classic first round. Indy Hartwell and Persia Pro versus Wendy Chu Dakota Kai. And Chu and Kai actually had some early tag chemistry working together to knock down Hartwell. Pro got knocked down by Chu's unique offense, including a super kick, and Chu hit a top rope Vader bomb. There you go, we mentioned him earlier. For a diving double foot stomp from Kai, sealed the win. Uh, so, again, another little bit of surprise, really, <laughs> that the team. But, again, yeah. as we've talked about, we knew Persia and India kind of going separate ways. And to be fair, I yes. quite like Cho and the go to sleep, as I call it. It's not too bad. Oh, I'm
1: so happy, bro, because I was worried. I, I actually thought you were going to be like some of the people I've seen on the internet who hated. it. Uh, you know, a lot of the purists who just can't understand, like, bro, that's my spirit animal. We all want to go to sleep at work, right? And like, it's just, I don't know. I like it. I don't really mind it as much. It's wacky, of course, as WWE tend to be. But uh, you know, I I'm really, I don't know. I was, I was shocked though that they won still because, like, like I said, you know, even though I thought, to uh, like you said, even with Indian Persia going uh the separate ways, but. I, like you said, I thought that element was the only chance they had. The fact that Indian Persia are obviously going to separate, they're letting the relationship issues tear them apart, obviously, and whatever's going on with Duke. And even, even you can go all the way back to what Dexter, like when Dexter popped into the picture. Because Persia was kind of, when she was alone early in their tag team, when it didn't seem like it was going to leak into the tag team, it was, you know, you can kind of see her side eye in the situation. So maybe this is long term storytelling. In a way, I I can't believe I just gave 2.0 some long-term storytelling points. But anyway. Oh, well, both are going to get
0: released by the next time we do an update. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. But, uh, you know, whatever. The fallout from that is going to come, so we'll see. Uh, but, you know, I, I, watching Chu and uh, Kai work together, work together, as well as they did, that was interesting too. So, so you know, maybe it's because they're both batshit. Like, I love what Dakota's doing, just talking to herself. Like, I, I don't know what it is about it. It's obviously like she's out of her mind, but I like it. I think it can go to a lot of places. It's just the same thing with Nikki Cross was out of her fucking. Mind. I love those characters. I don't understand why they can't ever just depict them in the proper way. But anyway, I'm off that. So no, because yeah.
0: I wanted to talk about Kai's character change as well. Actually, and I feel like. Yeah, I don't mind the character, but what was wrong with original Kai? Because she was really cool. At like, she that's true too. Line for the women's championship. I agree. Just you know,
1: I agree. I I just like the brokenness of it because that's what it feels like. It feels like the original Kai is there. Like sometimes when she do certain moves. She kind of goes back to that place, but then at the same time, whoever this other person is, she's talking to is the re- is the other is the reason why she flip out as soon as she see Raquel or whatever and all that type of stuff. So it's just like I. I I don't know. I'm interested in it because it is a different take on that character, because I remember when she was not a baby clone, but, you know, very, very happy, very, very, you know. And I also like the evolution into that, you know, the team kick and when she had Raquel on her back and, you know, and when she turned on the baby face. I like that Kyle. Also, I really I get it. I, I was a fan of where she was, too. So I understand that standpoint. That's a really good point. But I do not mind what she's doing. It's interesting me for some reason. Uh, maybe it's because I just like the guy. But, yeah, I like that.
0: I well, know, I say, it's interesting to talk about. And Amira Miller lost to Lash Legend in the next match. Volta mm-hmm. versus Solo Sokoa. The ring general to exception Sokoa's burst of offense. Connecting on Chop to the back of the head. Then Daisy's opponent. He knocked him out with a sleeper hold before hitting a pair of power bombs for the win. I don't know about you, but I thought this was surprisingly one-sided. And of course, Solo's first loss as well.
1: Thank you, thank you. I agree hundred percent. Like uh, this was good for Solo because you know just being in the ring with a guy like Walter and what we know what he can do is positive experience. And it, you know, but it definitely did not match my expectations. Maybe I maybe I overhyped it in my, to myself, but I'm, I agree with you. Solo did not get much off his end until late, and then you know, like you said, I, I we knew Walter was going to win, but like uh and that's always the right move in this situation but i definitely want this match to be uh you know a little bit more big a little bit more competitive even though i still think big things can be coming for solo it just just probably may not be going at the pace i was hoping but uh i don't know man Set, i think it only went like what 7 minutes 6 minutes or something like that so yeah Also, so it wasn't it wasn't going to be the longest match but yeah it was definitely very one sided but uh, you know, what do you see them doing with Volta going forward? Like, are they – will he get an NXT title push? Like, what do you see? Because that's the only thing I'm worried about, too, is like, I think he can do interesting things, but, like, what, what can he do right now while Imperium is tag champion? Like, what is his focus?
0: I, I feel, especially with this performance against Solo and what they're trying to do, is he will have a run at that top title. Whoever. whole thing. The Like I say, again, no spoilers for anybody that might not know, but after what right. happened at Roblox, God right, when we get there, God knows who's going <laughs> to challenge. But in my mind, with that demolition, because Solo's a guy who, especially when they're lost like this, I think, well, just stick on my roster. Because he could. I yeah. mean, imagine, like Solo, and again, we don't want to fantasy book, but. At WrestleMania, you know, the Usos get taken out, and Solo Sakura makes his debut helping Roman Reigns, you know, it, Roman the Reigns, title. Yeah. And then you've got the debut of
1: that guy as well. I think, you know, again, you know what it, the problem is? It just makes too much sense <laughs> <laughs> for them at this point. I think it makes too much sense for them. I I, I want that more than anybody. I think because you can just tell in his promo, the few matches he had. You know, he's just as ready as some of the other people they've already brought up and you know, in my opinion. And I think he'll fit right in, especially with them. I don't I don't see what's the point of not even acknowledging it. It's just that's one of those things you have to acknowledge. It's so obvious. Everybody say oops when he comes out and you know, for a reason. Like so like come on, man. Anyway. It's uh, money on the yeah, table. I agree hundred yeah. percent. He's he's money already, man. Just give him give him the rocket. But I was about to say don't change anything, but who am I kidding? But <laughs>
0: Oh, they're going to they're gonna call anyway. him... Anyway... He's going to make... main Ross' debut is Dirk Knobfrust. Or... They're going <laughs> to come up with that. going to have him with wings. Or, I don't know, but... I don't um, know. Who knows? Who knows now? Harlem <laughs> beat Draco Anthony in the Dusty Classic final first round match. Raquel Gonzalez and Cora Jade versus Valentina and Lisa Leon, And I've got to say, for Oz, your entrance attire is game. Every time, yeah. it's like, how many feathers... And I like it. Right. These two actually work uh I love them well actually, together.
1: Though. I actually like them. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I really like them. They're don't, they don't, they don't the team that I didn't know much about that I liked the most.
0: Well, fair play for the dives to the outside as well. Yes. There's a couple of moments. Beautiful. Uh, and ever since you've mentioned NXT tomato, this is awesome chance. I have noticed it more and more now as well. <laughs> so maybe I was a little bit deaf to it, and now I'm thinking, oh, shit, yeah. But cover Jade was Bro, isolated. Um... She had a battle through a big muscle dropkick to finally get to Big Mama Cool, who is angry, and you won't like her when she's mm-hmm. angry. She planted Leon with a Chingunga on the bomb, then invited Jade to pick her up for a splash to uh, for the win. I mean, I like this. Gonzalez is just a badass.
1: Yes, like oh man, uh, this was cool, man. I really liked this. I thought, like you said, Faraz and Leon, I uh, gave them credit. They really looked good to me in this match. And like I said, the mo they seem like one of the, one of the most cohesive teams out of the challenges, of the challenges of the people we expected to make a splash. Who've been given a lot of time, even though I know they have got they've gotten, they have gotten a, a little time uh, recent uh, few weeks back. But anyway, I, I like this. I really like this, uh, and. I love how Gonzalez and Jade are just, like, best friends now because of those, it's like, video package mag, magic, like, video package. Like, oh, yeah, give us a couple of those. We're all good now. Uh, but, yeah, that was my favorite match of the cup at that point. I wrote that down. So, yeah, I, I liked it.
0: All right, that see team Wagner beating Andre oh, Chase. Oh, man. I know one of your favorites just getting a kill there. And then on to the main uh, event, North American title, Carmelo Hayes versus Pete Dunne. Unlocked in an alarm bar. Mello used the ropes to break up the A champion versus a bit of end into a cutter, and the two battles to the top rope. The brute weight broke Trick's fingers, but distraction was enough for Mello to knock him down and hit a diving leg drop for the win. And afterwards, the A champion announced he would defend his title in a ladder match at NXT Stand yeah. and Deliver. I don't really understand that, but I do like Hayes wearing t-shirts of opponents that he's facing, and he's going to be. Uh, and this is quality wrestling. Before you say anything, I am, it's taken me a while, but I am going to jump on the Hayes bandwagon as well. He don't miss. Uh, what do you think of
1: this? <laughs> See, I figured him in the ring, one of your favorites, you know, get you to understand. He, he's the man. He can hang, man. I, I love Melo, man. And this is this era of NXT, in my opinion, like 2.0, this is what when 2.0 was at his best when uh especially and it seems usually when i say that to you carmelo hayes is involved so i'm not just biased here i'm ser- i'm telling you guys the truth just if, even if you don't like nxt and I, I don't know if you listen i don't know why you'd be listening this deep in this podcast if you don't like it but <laughs> uh if you don't just watch and hey, hate just watch carmelo's segments in his matches and i'm telling you that's the best of nxt in my opinion most of the time Depending on who he's fighting and what's going on, and really lately it's been any time he's been on television. And you let him in the in the ring with with Pete, you know, a master of brutality. And like I mentioned, like we mentioned earlier, what happened to him? And he, I, we just off the heels of a match. I love <laughs> when he was Pete done and everything was all right. This was these were simpler times. You see how you just triggered me, James, <laughs> bringing up this match now that I think about it. Anyway, uh, this was great. And by the way, Carmelo Hayes might be weaving the greatest North American title reign. If if you don't, al- if we're not already there, I, I think this might be the greatest one. <laughs> like yeah. he's beating everybody, and you can't tell he hasn't fought a slout. He hasn't been in a feud with somebody you don't respect in the ring. So, yeah,
0: I I, <laughs> I love Melo. I'm about to say, unfortunately. WWE can't mention any other North American champions. Though,
1: with the That's a great point. <laughs> Roger Strong. That's it. The only
0: yeah. one. Greatest since <laughs> Roger Strong. Um, and I don't know if you noticed here, and for the past few weeks on NXT, obviously, uh, they've been mentioned about tickets for the earth oh, to come, let's watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one thing I noticed, especially the well it's the hard cam, whatever it was, but the amount of empty seats that were actually there, and I don't know if it's a case of they were sitting there and then towards main event left, but by the time uh, Dunn and, and Hayes was there, you know, thinking there is a problem and we'll learn from this or do you think they'll just carry on the guards and think, Well, wait a minute, if we can't sell out a five hundred, you know, plus arena right? maybe people aren't interested in the product and they won't stand it. and deliver. Apparently, that's going to be the American Airlines. And can NXT cool. do a arena like that anymore? They might have to darken,
1: you oh, know. Sure. Yeah, they might have to do some light tricks or co- co- cover up our entire section. You never know. Uh, I don't know. I'm, ho- I'm hopeful, you know. But, you know, it's going like you said, it's going to be tough. And you know it's in Texas. I don't necessarily know how big the NXT brand. Like if this was in Florida, yeah, you probably still could get people there because it's WrestleMania weekend. If, or, and you may still get people here now because of that. You know, it's a lot of people who just experienced the entire weekend, so they're gonna go and, and check this out. But yeah, I don't know, man. You bring a, a very a very you bring up a very good point, and like you said, if they can't sell out uh, the CWC right now, and they can't they can't. Yeah, it's tough, man, and mm. and I I feel for them because the workers, the young guys, or whatever, they're doing the best they can. A lot of them are getting put on a spot, being forced into like positions they've never been in, and trying to learn how to get better as a wrestler, and you know, getting put in this position of just having to basically do whatever, for, for, and when it comes to creatives, like, you never know what they're gonna ask you to do, like, when you're a worker right now at NXT 2.0, like, do you yeah. imagine how, the type of stuff they may be suggesting for EO? But thank goodness they keep having sense enough to realize, like, who EO is. Like, someone is fighting for EO, or maybe EO is fighting for herself. Because I, I swear, if they put EO in one of these stupid romance angles or something, I'm going to throw something.
0: <laughs> well, I think the problem with NXT as well is, is they've like we talked about, they've nitroed NXT as opposed to, yes. you know, it was too... By the time the new talent started being used, and by the time they started doing that on the Nitro the fan base have completely neglected the product and completely left it. It wouldn't matter. Even now, if Roman Reigns was on NXT, do you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's, I'm even thinking mm-hmm. that. Would the ratings be that improved or consistently? It's like, what could change it? It's not like it's bad at the moment. Like we said, we've got the uh, yeah. b- Breaker, a champ
1: Ziggler story. I mean, wh- why do you think Ziggler is here? <laughs> yeah. it's I think Styles and Ziggler. I think that's why they, were, you know, they've been there.
0: And it's interesting you know? to see. But um, I guess we'll have to see what happens. We move on to the final NXT March eighth. Of course, NXT Roadblock, and we start with a cool promo video, and it's the first Dusty Cup tag semi. It's Cora Jade and uh, Raquel Gonzalez versus Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai. We see uh toss contraction attacking Big Mama Call behind the referee's back. Bash on her left knee and is still posted sure she could not help her. Jade fought back against Cho, laying out in the corner. Kai tagged in and took a hard hit that allowed Gonzalez tag in. And while she fought, she was limping through the action. The captain of the team kick hit a backstabber, went for the KO kick. Instead, she hesitated, uh, and it looked like she had a real problem trying to hit the kick as well if she was running round. Uh Cho hit a Vader bomb, followed by a double foot stomp from Kai mm-hmm. to actually get the win and Big Mama calls helped her train believe afterwards. This was shocking. It weren't just me, was it?
1: No, I was so shocked. I could not believe it. You know, uh I I really don't. I just I Like you said, like I told you, the video package, everything they put into it, you know, uh, to do it, uh, to do that with, you know, a team who I guess they've been given a little bit of time to establish. But, you know, you know, Dakota Kai before the week before this said she didn't even want to be in, be her partner. And then, you know, she kind of got forced into this and you have the, the definition of a makeshift team to win this match. It really confused me, man. And, and since Toxic Attraction got involved, maybe that means we can get a payoff for Cora and Raquel later. But they really did all of that video packaging, best friends all of a sudden. <laughs> and then, you know, they lose to to the sleeping lady and the woman who talks to herself. <laughs> we can't
0: have Mandy Rose beating Gonzalez. We can't, like I said, if it's a tag. Uh, coming up, yeah, maybe that's but, true. you know. And this is a good match. Felt a little long, but again, I'm not going to complain about the length of a women's yeah. match. There's no doubt. And I guess by was the way, some... hold
1: on, did you see that spot where she went to sleep in the commentary yeah, I loved <laughs> it. I loved it. <laughs> okay, good. See, I <laughs> love that too. That's I the saw whole... some people. Someone said it was ridiculous, and I was about to argue with that person, but I thought I just said I'd leave it alone. But
0: yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, the thing is as well, people. She's not really wrestling slippers. She's got proper kind of shoes on and then the slippers around it. You can't wrestle in slippers because you're just fucking yourself (laughs) up. But like I said, there is some symmetry to Kai um, pointing Raquel, uh, pinning Raquel uh, because, you know, with the story. But he did swerve us on the final we wanted because how good uh, would have that been as well? Uh, And then we saw the Cree brothers found attacked outside, looking like their tag match might not happen and then Fallon Henley beat Tiffany Stratton. Yes, another upset in NXT. <laughs> I
1: mean, my God, Ooh. you know, <laughs> like, not even shock. That? They don't even shock you anymore. You remember what a up, a good upset? Do you remember when one, two, three, kid pins raised out just playing? <laughs> it's just every I feel two like an weeks. old man doing that one. But yeah, you see what I'm saying? Like they, they don't shock you anymore, do you? Just oh, two point oh. They you never know. Don't ever call the jobber out. They tell you these people' name for a reason because the jobber will probably win. So, good for following, though. Good for following. I have no, you know, whatever. Well, <laughs> i <I'm Ella laughs>
0: Hayes at the Barbershop vignette. Talk about being in a ladder match and we're going to start the qualifying matches next week. Uh, we have a lashing out with Lash Legend. Um, oh. Uh, they, I mean, I'm just going to quickly say they. because <laughs> it comes to breaking them up, I think Legend says they're out of time enough of that uh, imperial in yeah. interview back they said they never take you on this great sport by resorting to underhand tactics. But it's a shame the Crees got beat up in the parking lot. MSK rolled up and said if the Crees can't go, they will take their spot. Mm. Uh, Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen said it wasn't them as well and accused the Gala del of attacking the Cree brothers. So mm-hmm. an interesting thing, believe it or not, of who did it. it could be Who Br- did it? You know, Brooks and Jensen might be a nice turn. Or MSK. They said we did yeah. <laughs> 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 They said that the good MSK and would they? But you think what else can MSK do now apart from a kind of hill turn?
1: Hey, see, I'm glad you said that. See, I, that, I, when we got to the match, I was going to go say that. But yeah, that's my theory already. Like <laughs> they need something new, you know. Why not give us give us a different take on the characters? They do something underhanded for a and you know why not? You know, I I don't have a problem with it if it's MSK and they make a turn. I would, you know, I think that's what it probably needs to be, somebody you don't expect. I don't think it needs to be Legato. It's too obvious for Legato because I think they even mentioned, like, oh, you guys love attacking in the parking lot or something like that. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, they do have a history in the parking lot, don't they? Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I love it. Like, this tag division needed something, you know, to kind of light it up. Other than these backstage segments they do off and on with the different teams, but uh, yeah, so I, I don't mind a who done. <laughs> no,
0: not at all. And then Grayson Waller versus LA Knight, last man standing. LA Knight caught Waller in the entrance way, the two brawled all the way to the ring. Uh, We've seen him then walking around the the staging, and then of course coming up to the. Um, I don't what do you called it, you know, like the kind of, the, the entrance way where the cameras are as well, uh, where we mm-hmm. see, uh, <laughs> we see, well, they are trying to tell it to us, like Grayson Waller felt <laughs> fallen from a great height, but we didn't really see
1: anything, you know, like, it yeah, it, it, was, it was bad. It, it didn't. Just, yeah.
0: <laughs> Sanger walk around the corner, holding, you know, uh, <laughs> Grayson and them going, <laughs> yeah, no, he obviously caught him. It was like, you didn't even bother. Um, but Knight responded by cuffing Sanger to the ring post. Waller thumped Knight in the eye to escape the BFT, went for the rolling cutter, but Knight caught him and sent him out of the ring through a table. That was a good little spot. Uh, the angry million-dollar mm. megastar caught Waller in a trash can and him repeatedly with still stairs shots, giving a few to Sanger as well. Waller caught Knight with blackjack and then hit a diving elbow through the announce table. He then climbed Sanger while Knight could not get up, taking the win. But I will say this. Credit to both. I thought this was a great fucking match.
1: Yeah, you know, and you know, and I'm not even gonna say uh, that I disagree that it was fun, it was fine, you know, to me. But I will say this: maybe it was because of what I saw on Revolution. But you know, this is a an ordinary like false count. And, it, like based on what I've seen, I guess recently I've watched. Let me just show you I watch too much wrestling. Anyway. <laughs> The street, this like I, I thought it was cool, and this is really good, especially the moments like like you said that the L.A. night reversal of the to throw 'em through the table like that. He almost didn't land completely on the <laughs> table, you know. Word, you know had me worried for Waller for a second. Can you believe that? Anyway, uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> good point, good point. I like the elbow spot, even though I hate. I mean, I guess he's dribbling in the air, doing like a, a basketball move in the air. I guess he likes basketball, but uh, I'm glad. He, like I told you, Waller took them gloves off. He's way more tolerable now. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but this was cool. This was uh and he was the last man barely standing. I, you know, I kind of I like that too. So uh, and this was nothing overly special to me because, like I said, I've just seen so much crazy stuff in the last week or so. But this was good stuff, nonetheless.
0: Yeah, and, and the weird thing is as well, with all the negatives from 2.0, LA Knight yeah. probably has the most special relationship with this crowd. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he, they love him. You know, he is the 2.0's oh, yeah. Johnny Gagano. You know, like.
1: Yeah, He's, uh, believe it or not, I think with the crowd, yes. You know, him, I think it's out. You know, it's funny who I was about to say, but between him and Cameron Grimes, you know, yeah. at this point with the two to the moon, like, yeah, they they they're there. Yeah, we've it's funny
0: too, too they bad. both benefited from that <laughs> I was talking about yeah that feud and there's kind of only four that have really benefited, benefited and the other one probably like Bron Breaker involved in that as well right and obviously Hayes kind of the four guys that yeah 2.0 has not been too bad for them <laughs>
1: but you know exactly that's true we'll yeah. see
0: what happens in the last Dusty Women's Classic semi Zio Shah and Katie Ray versus Casey Katzenz and Caden Carter and a cohesive partnership and flex speed of Casey and Caden was half of Kaylee, Ray and Io to match. And meanwhile, Malik Blade and Idris Anofi found their way to the toxic attraction lounge with Mandy Rose. And I'll tell you something, Anofi and Blade, they are slowly working on me now as well. Again, I'm not going to start liking them too much because they will be released. But, again, you know, it was this is a problem with NXT. Canterzano Carter hit an impressive elevated Poison Rana. And when I say impressive, it actually got me mm-hmm. off my feet as well. When you can reverse Rana off shoulders on shoulders is pretty <laughs> fucking mental. Uh, the genius guy broke it up. Uh, Ray hit the Kaylee Ray bomb, followed by the over the moon salt from Shy on Canterzano to win. And then Cora Jade attacked Rose on Lousy until Blade and Anofi broke it up. But I think EO and Kaylee Ray may be the coolest tag team in NXT history, think <laughs> Wade enjoyed himself in commentary because they called themselves master baiters in this, and they were talking <laughs> about more doors or wheels earlier as well. Uh, but I thought Casey was rapid, and I would love to see a match with her and EO from the exchange we got at the start. Yeah, I you thought?
1: I I liked it. I agree because like she had moments in there with EO, and specifically, but like I thought she just looked really, really uh, smooth in there. You know, I remember if you think about think about like uh a few years ago when she was just starting out like she is way better now you know you can just see the improvement uh in the spots that she had and uh her and uh you know Caden's, uh the way they execute stuff i thought uh they're just they're just better as a team uh and you know this probably this was really good you know it's probably wasn't as dramatic as you probably would expect from a a, a late tournament match but As far as this tournament goes, this has been – this is, like, really good. Like, top-notch stuff. Kaylee Ray, by the way, just popped up after getting dropped on her head. (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm I'm good. You know, I was happy that she was good. But, like, yeah, that was nice. But, once again, you know, the established team loses to the, you know, more made-up team. But in this case, you know, it's the two best women's champions ever. So, like, you know, I'm not – I don't mind at all. This is cool. You know, without, but I uh, will mind if they lose.
0: Yeah, they can't. They <laughs> to, honestly can't I lose. will
1: mind if they lose. We don't mind sure and Kai, Kai, but do. I love, I like them, but I don't like them like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, we want to stay friends, but we don't want to take any further. Indy uh, Hartwell <laughs> and Berger argued argue backstage. You two cut and looked on. Indy challenged a friend to a match to decide who's truly better. The NXT Tag Team titles, Imperium versus MSK. And Imperium beat down Wesley and NASCAR early. M. S. K. hit their stride and ran over Eichner and Barthel. The two teams seemed to just be getting going. And Brutus Creed arrived. They attacked both teams and stood tall. Another really good moment. You mentioned it earlier about watching a lot of wrestling. But I had like Impact versus NXT UK in styles here. This is how weird it was for me. Um, but they're obviously saying
1: Creed Brothers for standing delivers, but would it be a freeway? Yeah, that's what it seemed like they were setting up, you know. Uh, and, you know, and the match was, like you said, cool. And I, I, it was kind of, like you said, weird. I guess I get it from that standpoint. I didn't even think about that when I was watching it, but that's a good point. Uh, you know, but the whole injury in the Creed seems like a way just to set a triple threat up, but if you think about it, like who benefited the most from all of this? Like I said, is MSK. They they did not have a shot, and now if they get a triple threat out of this, that stand deliver, or stand and deliver or something, then you are like, come on now. It just makes sense that that MSK probably are the ones who did it. But I don't know. Maybe I'm uh, just hoping for something. to unveil something else. You I'll never I'll say know.
0: to you. I'll say to you what you said to me. It makes too much sense, and I don't <laughs> think
1: <somebody laughs> And that's me. a great point. Yeah. And that, I'll never argue with that point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and another bit of good news as well. And I guess it makes me. It made me feel a little bit smug. that like watching next to UK. Because A Kid is coming to yes. NXT, a bit of a surprise, really. It looks like Kushida mm-hmm. wants some. Here's my money. And what are your thoughts on A Kid coming to NXT? I,
1: I was I was surprised, just like you said. And I think when it comes to in the ring work and all of that, oh man, can you imagine A Kid and Carmelo? Can you imagine A Kid? You know, uh, I mean, I don't know now since they they called since he's Butch, but maybe if he can still. <laughs> I was about to say A-Kid and Pete Dunn, but, you know, they ruined that. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> they ruined it. Damn it. <laughs> anyway.
0: <laughs> well, I did make a joke about them changing the name to A-Kid to Sundance Kid. So yes. if they do do that, <laughs> we are fucked.
1: Because... <laughs> right. But exactly. It's, it's, uh, Cameron Grimes and A-Kid. Come on. That's, come, on. Ah, come on. So I can think of the matches already, you know, uh, the, and I can see... Uh, him you know, prospering there, but like as far as his future and what they possibly could have him doing, because you know, it's 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, man. You never know. This could be disastrous, this could be awesome. So, we just gotta wait.
0: <laughs> we'll see what happens. What we do know is that last match for NXT the NXT title, brunt breaker, the champ. Versus Master Chumper and Dolph Ziggler. The black heart came out yeah. swinging, but Breaker responded with a pair of clothes, and a double suplex on both men. All three took book shots at one another. Ziggler took advantage of his opponent's fatigue for finally taking a shot, nearly getting a free off a zigzag on Chumper. Chumper hit the show off with a fair tail ending for a near fall. Break it Ziggler with a military pass, power slam. But Robert Roode, yes, the glorious again, saved his partner. He then saved Breaker from running knee, leaving the black heart take a super kick from Ziggler. And after one, two, three, yes, your new NXT champion is Dolph Ziggler. Now, I know we've had a couple of <laughs> shocks, but this was what? It's Dolph Ziggler.
1: <laughs> and I, love I mean. This. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's another thing. Like, I, I, actually was, I actually by the end of the match, when he hit the super kick, I was like, yes, 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 come on, one, two, three. So, I had already lost it to the point to where I, was, I actually liked it. I didn't mind it at all. And But, you know, other than like a couple of sloppy moments, I believe that at the time, the match really found it was Groover. And like, so when Rude's involvement, I mean, it's a triple threat. I figured Rude was gonna get involved at some point. So you know, the Ziggler winning definitely a huge shock. I you know I was happy about it, but I was just I, I like the way it was executed. You know, and since Breaker wasn't pinned, a rematch for his title you know possibly could be going on. Or you know if it's, if he's getting called up like rumors suggest that they're considering or whatever because he's like on house shows I believe this weekend. So, but you know. He's on the main roster, house though. Yeah. But that would most likely be after Mania, I, I assume. So if Breaker is on the chase in the next few weeks, that can be fun with Ziggler. But if not, wherever we goes now with a new, cha- you know, with a new champion, you know, I thought this was good. Maybe they did it to. I heard. I heard a lot of people, negative people out there. Oh yeah, they just trying to get ratings. You know, Ziggler make you know whatever. Uh, whatever. It was still great if you watched it. So. You know, I don't really care the motivations right now. Hopefully it plays out. We still got standing deliver to come. So Ziggler will probably be involved in that main event. So what do we end up with when we get there? Can't wait to really to find out there. Uh You know, this feud with Ziggler, Chopper and Breaker has been a highlight of, of this recent uh batch of NXT show.
0: Yeah, it makes me want to tune in and see what happens. Like I said, with Ron... With him, we look at him now, and I'm getting visions of looking at, you know, when John Cena debuted, and I'm going, Bron is a star, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. they have to handle him properly. Obviously, he made his debut on Raw. In a tag match, but when he comes up to the main roster, big. St- I wouldn't even mind it. I know I talk about Solo attacking Brock, but even the next Art of Mania, you know, someone like Bron taking out Lesnar to send a statement mm-hmm. and have an eventual match—that's how big he is. As for Ziggler, this is a guy, and Wade Barrett is perfect on commentary when he says, "There's no one, you know, he's one of the best in the world in the last 15 years." Because yeah, unlike Kenny and or someone like you know other wrestlers who have been able to have six-star matches, you know, and given a lot of time, Ziggler's had to do or been dealt with the hand. He's been dealt with Mm space and made it a success. And even when the team with Dirty Dogs... You're thinking, what's going on? He still won the SmackDown Tag Team titles and then came to NXT and done this. And what's not to like? Ziggler, WWE veteran. You've got the soul of NXT in Chumper and NXT 2.0's biggest star in Bronn. Like I said, all three gave 100%. They're all fans running on the feet for the near falls and the finish. There's only one weird moment, I'm sure you notice as well. Yeah. is where exactly. Braun mistimed his spear. <laughs> <did>. Yeah, that's <laughs> he what I mean. Time.
1: Other than like that, like that moment, and uh, I'm trying to think, was it something else? But either way, it, goes, it was like that one moment that I remember vividly. Uh, yeah, but other than that, man, this was this was nice. And uh, and you were 100 percent right, even to the comments about you know, you know, I thought, you know, you know, that's why, you know, why would Ziggler be the, the guy now? I thought this was a new era. Well, you know, Ziggler's never been champion, so it's technically still new. And second of all, <laughs> uh. It does like it's not just about like if you watch the story and understand what's going on. This like it's still an ongoing thing, but at, for the moment and for right now. And then, like I said, with his pedigree, because like you said, Ziggler has is obviously always been a victim of like inconsistent booking. He's always been like on the wrong end of certain decisions, and when he's had chances to to build up momentum and get wins. You know he usually loses and then he goes, you know, right back down. You know what I'm saying? So it just it's like a a ebb and flows, and this is one of those peaks again. And it's just like when TJ, when Tyson Kidd came to NXT and he had put on back in the back in you know back 2014, 2013 I think it was, and he had great matches with Neville, who at the time, Pac, uh, you know, and uh, you know, over the NXT title and kind of revived his career and then went on to do more. Uh, with Cesaro and all that type of stuff, like even like even if this is just like a stop for Ziggler back to the main roster, it's still a positive, and in my opinion, and I don't mind him winning there. He didn't beat Breaker, you know, he beat Chopper. Mm. so you know, I, I I thought this was good, man. Well, like I said, the NXT to Ohio has been,
0: like I said, ever since we've changed update and be able to cut out the stuff that maybe getting on nerves and just focus on the good stuff. It has been a little bit more enjoyable. Uh, Rating-wise as well for Roadblock Edition, got 613,000 viewers on the USA Network. It's up Uh, 11.25% from last week's uh, 5,500 viewers. Um, Not 5,500, not 550,000 viewers. And this is what we're saying. The demo's maybe not that good. And people are going, but they think how much change. And put it in perspective, it was down 11.3%. This episode last year, only eleven percent down, which was headlined, This is crazy by an NXT title match between Finn Balor and Adam Cole. And you think about what right. what NXT has done in that year to still be kind of that close. Yeah, it's not dynamite level numbers, but then again, you know, like I said, it's the kind of new thing that it's got. Uh, but we'll move on now. The last thing we look at, of course, an NXT update is NXT UK. We start February 24th and we go straight to the action with Amel versus Zaya Brookside. And Amel Mel wrestled Brookside early on, leading their complaining. Brookside eventually came back with a vicious attack and hit running knee to the back of Amel's head as she hung in the ropes. Brookside locked to an arm bar and further wore her down until the French hope came back with some own drop. Running knee, clothesline and running sent on. Amel smashed her head in the turnbuckle with drop-toe hold followed by a running kick in the corner and a hope-breaker for the pin and the win. Uh, I don't know what you thought about this, but for me, this is the women's division at its best. Great character
1: work and match. Yeah, uh, like I said, I really like the fall, Brett thing, and like you said, the combiner that Zaya has become. And uh, you know, I was hoping to believe her picking up victories, but you know, of course, not right now with the way they've been booking the French Hope and you know, just run that she's kind of on now, giving her some victories. And, uh, you know, she's picking up a ton of momentum. And like you said, this is definitely NXT UK's women's division at its best. You know, uh, we'll see about the payoff on both of these characters as, in the coming weeks. But, yeah, this was solid stuff.
0: Yeah, and this will send Zia Uzziah further down the rabbit hole, which can only be a good thing as well. Exactly. Uh, Galashar, Samuels, and Darwin since Scala's office. Scala announced that in two weeks, Darwin would defend the Heritage Cup against Joe Coffey. Mark Coffey and Samuels Greed and Scarlet Post, they settled the their issues in the ring. We get a Jack Styles. Big Mastiff at the latest lesson called Bomber Initiative. For some reason, Styles cut a hole in a pretty deadly shirt, so they complained. And it's presumably going to lead to a match. Then we see Rahan Raja versus Danny Jones. Jones dominated early, but Raja stopped him with a forearm. I saw more offense. Uh, Raja retreated to the ringside to consult his teammates. Eventually attacked Jones on the outside, took it from there. He wore his opponent down. And he followed with a suplex and he eventually hit a backstabber, followed by a seek and destroy. The pin to gain the victory match, Familia stomped on Jones. Charlie Dempsey briefly hesitated, but did then join in. Um, I don't know why I like teaming so much, but fuck me, you know, even when he didn't wrestle, I just, I just like what he does. Um, we need goals for Familia, And anybody kind of telling us about Dempsey's going to be the breakout style of this group?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's obvious, you know. Uh, and he's like, uh, he just, ha- you know, in the ring outside the presence, he has a, a great, like you said, just that the look and all of that. The way he, uh, he, uh, fa- he uses facial exp- facial expressions really well, in my opinion, so far or for someone who's, you know, supposed to be younger or uh, like newer. So, uh, but anyway, this was this was cool, you know, this entire uh, thing. No, You know, nothing too special, but it was a win for the familiar. Like, yeah, like you said, it continues uh, to build them up, I guess. But I agree, they do need a clear goal. They need to uh, iron out the details on what's going on, who's going to be the one to, you know, go Heritage Cup hunting. Who's going to be well, – are they going to, you know, break off a taxi? Who's going to be the one to uh, finally attack, uh, uh, you know, or go towards Ilya? You know, Who, I, I either leave. Like you said, it's a great spot for Dempsey, in my opinion. But Tillman is the head of the family, so with some type of friction uh, you know, start because of it. I think there's a lot of interesting ways you can go. We just have to see, uh, you know, where it's headed.
0: All right, uh, we get Symbiosis. In their promo video where they said they were supposed to win. Eddie Dennis whispered to them that an arrow can only be shot into the heart of the enemies when the string gets pulled back first. Tell him to keep calm and focused. I really do like Dennis. And even that quote, you're going, oh, yeah, it does make sense a little bit. And then we see a truck driver drove through darkness <laughs> and at a burger, which distracted him from the road. He saw something and braked hard. He got out of the truck, found some hair or fur on the ground. Some creatures ran through the woods nearby. Then seen cut to black. Some Harry Potter shit going on. And then Samuels and Mark Coffey continue to argue backstage. Dear for many, walked by a visibly angry A-kid. He grabbed Dempsey from the team in and to get involved. Dempsey calmed them down and asked Aikid what he wanted to say. Aikid said he thought Dempsey was better than that. Dempsey shrugged and said, maybe Aikid then walked off. Obviously, he's still not pleased with the answer he got. I, I do like the segments with NXT UK <laughs> that, for some yeah. reason... Yeah, I really do like the backstage vignettes from NXT and the kind of character development we get. And we know now with a Aikid, you know, with uh, Dempsey coming up, which should be a banger. And then yes. he... NXT UK Women's Champion Miko celebration and uh, Miko Satmore celebration. If you pause, any shirt, who's not wearing a suit, just a normal shirt, looks like he's trying to ask <laughs> out Miko with the flowers. Pause <laughs> with it. the it flowers. Really, it really does. Um, <laughs> he looked at a video package showing her highlights. Like I said, he presented with the flowers, and just as she was thanking him, one the lights went out and Isla Dawn appeared. Mm-hmm. She got in the ring and talked about how she thanked Satmore for giving her something to desire. He said the one final trophy she lacked was the one Satamore was holding. The champion told her to just ask for a match if that's what she wanted. Isla said she's not asked, she takes. She then kicked Satamore in the face and stole her flowers. She slunk in the back and started eating them. Okay. Uh, she's yep. still Samuel Alexa Bliss. Um, I mean, Annie could have made more of an effort, but what do you think of this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man, this was... Uh, you know, I, I... I like it because it's a progression of what we were talking about on our last review of NXT UK about how Isla Dunn really was picking up a lot of wins. And then she started to give back a lot of her – a lot of the stuff. So I was like, okay, that's going somewhere then. If she's giving stuff back, that means she's wanting to take something like bigger or or more important. So, like – and I know that sounds weird, but I don't – believe it or not, I know a little bit about witches. Uh, But (laughs) – but, yeah, so – it made a little bit of sense from a, uh, in a from a weird point of view, but uh, so no, I didn't like it. I, I mean, I, I I just said I didn't like it. I didn't mind it, but uh, the only thing I I thought about it was that I thought Mako kind of looked at her like you, everyone probably would. <laughs> like she <you> just kind of Mako like okay, whatever, whatever, weirdo. Like you want the title shot? <laughs> just <ask. laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that, that was kind of funny to me. Her energy was just like, yeah, whatever. Just let's fight. Uh, but, you know, uh, I think it's a nice, like I said, progression from the story of she was picking up a lot of victories. So, she, like, she has the momentum to now ch- step in and challenge Mako Sadamore. Uh How that's going to turn out, you know, we'll see. And uh, I do love – I did love the line of now taking – uh, now I'm after something more valuable, you know. I want the championship. I love that, you know, I like that little addition because it's like, okay, so now, like you just said, with uh, Dempsey and the crew, that's the, her defining her goal. And it's just like, even no even if it is weird, why she eating the flowers, I don't understand. Forget all that, she wants the championship. <laughs> well,
0: like, it's it, she'll fill time as well. Uh, and if Dawn, not right. credit to her because, like I said, she's picking up victories, but I think that's why rankings in NXT. UK would be perfect because then you could say, yeah. well, she's there, but they'll never do it because of AEW. But if it was going to make sense, it would be NXT UK because you haven't got big shows where you need kind of big champions and you could have Dawn going, well, you're mm-hmm. not more contender now. Devonport was number one. You know, that's how rankings work. Right. Uh, we see Sam Bradwell's backstage. Look at his bald head. He was furious and talked about his little son asking, who did yes. that to his hair? He said he sees that little cockroach Kenny Williams when he looks in the mirror and Williams will not forget what he was going to do to him. Poor Sam Gradwell. Even his son doesn't love him anymore because of what <laughs> Kenny Williams did. It's, this poor, it's a horrible situation. He's had to sleep on a couch. Even his missus uh, doesn't want to talk to him at this moment in time. Oh, man. Tough. It's tough. Uh, NXUK yeah. champion Eli Dragonoff answered Nathan Fraser's championship challenge. He accepted and told Fraser he was good, but not ready to become champ. He said himself had to win a battle royal, and he did not win the title because he wasn't ready, and his journey to the title was long and hard. He said Fraser would lose, but it would be the first step on his journey. The match between two men take place next week, which is good shit. And in the main event, NXUKA UKA Tag Team Champions, Mustache Mountain versus Aston Smith and Oliver Carter. Bay and Carter had some back-and-forth exchanges early. Seven was in next. Got worked over by Carter, but quickly regained control, once Smith tagged in. The champs scored the first two count on Smith as Bate, hit a somersault senton. Seven held his own against both, hitting a seven-star Lariat and the Emerald Frozen, but uh, Carter made the save. Bate was in next, almost pinned, after huge spinning set-out powerbomb. He also kicked out an in moonsault by Carter. Uh, we see Smith hit a top rope Lariat, followed by Doomsday Cutter by Carter. What a lot of the win, only for seven, to make the save at the last second. After some chaotic moments in the match, Bate and Smith were in the ring. They exchanged strikes, but Bate hit Smith with a straight left. that uh, Possibly knocked him out. Uh, Bate went for the pin, but Smith got his foot on the rope. Uh, the ref was already counting. Seven ran up to Smith on the outside and pushed his foot beyond the referee and <laughs> Bate's back, giving the champ's win. Um, yeah. I kind of dislike the finish, but I guess the story is more about what Trent will do. But Willing this, to do, yeah. Yeah, I thought, but I thought this was great tag wrestling, though.
1: Yes, this is good shit. This is really good. You know, uh, almost right in line with what I've come to expect, especially from NXT UK's tag uh, title matches. They're usually always really, really uh, competitive. Uh, and and I thought this was really good too. And maybe it was a a lack of belief in the challenges for me, but you know, this was still, I you know, they may have played a part, but I still thought this was fine, you know. And I thought Carter and Smith because I didn't really necessarily ever think they were going to win, but I thought they did a hell of a job and you know, definitely had their moment. So I was like, you know, at, at some point, I was like, okay, maybe they will, you know, maybe it's possible, but I just thought it would be too early and went mustache mountain just like they just finally won these titles. So i was like okay no nah, it's probably not gonna happen but i like you didn't you didn't like it but the finish actually is the most intriguing thing about this to me because uh it shows what trent seven will do like you said where he'll do whatever it takes to stay champion he's mentioned it he's said it a lot and i think it's potential there because it can evolve into full-fledged cheating because when you say stuff like that or when you do that Throughout wrestling history In my years of watching wrestling That ain't too far from turning <laughs> you know, well, at all. And maybe, So I'm just saying Maybe some of saying.
0: us don't want that Because British Strong Style right. Used to be a group that was feared And not a bunch of hills and butch Alright so <laughs> Maybe we want to keep hold Of something that we used to love Back in the day Rather than this shit <sighs> But you're right, though. Smith and Carter are getting better. And the gold is but... coming their way. <laughs> this is a, the good episode. Oh, but... uh, March 3rd, into the first match, it's Shah Samuels versus Mark Coffey. And in a match packed with trash talk and cups. Samuels seemed to be closing on victory when he planted his foe variation of Michinoku driver. Samuels whiffed on an elbow drop from the middle rope. However, Coffey blitzed him with several stinging forearm strikes and a balled off from the second turnbuckle. After a double clothesline, coffee blasted Samuels with a full nascent slam. And followed up with a running elbow to the face to earn the pinfall. This was really competitive. And as I said before, Sha looks mm-hmm. in great shape. And I guess the
1: Gallus boys had to win one. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know. Seems like we're seeing more of them uh, rolling along too, though, by the way. Uh, uh, but this was good. You know, this is a really good opening. Like you said, competitive as hell. And I, I like. Uh Shaw, I like that Shaw got so much offense in, man, before you know Coffee made a great comeback. And uh yeah, this was decent. This is really, really good. I liked it to start the show and uh I, I agree Shaw looked great and he hung in there with Coffee here who uh and like you said, Gallus get picking the vic picking up the victory. I'm not really that surprised. Uh but this was really, really a good way in my opinion, pe- to kick off this show. Uh yeah, well
0: right, then I hey, kids uh, talks about he's not really the person he's been acting like with Die Familiar. Tim and Aro Raja jumped A kid and Dempsey mm. took a second to stop them but then did join in. Uh, Isla Dom will stand tall, win the NX UK Women's Championship. Awesome, that's good to know. And then Mustache Mountain talked to Oliver Carter with <laughs> Ashley Smith. Trent Seven said he didn't cheat, he was just better. Uh-huh. I think he needs to retain the title. Smith and Carter want a rematch. Mm. Tyler Bate agreed. Trent's not happy. happy. Uh, this is not going to end well. And then we get Dave Massive and Jack Stars versus Pretty Deadly. Yes, boy. The former tag team <laughs> champion is finally in action. Let's not forget Jack Stars earned his first victory of the night before he even reached the ring. As Master bestowed the up better with one of his trademark leather vests prior to the match to show that he had actually made it. And Mastiff had mm. no qualms about tagging Stars in the match, unlike previous ones. Mastiff even allowed him to remain a legal man for extended periods. And Stars capitalised, but launched himself over the top rope and hit Sam Stoker with a splash. Stoker eventually recovered, but he made a critical mistake when he donned a leather jacket that belonged to Stars. He paid for the transgression with Mastiff leveling with German suplex and chose to t- tag Stars in. The incensed superstar took back his jacket, mm. blitzed Stoker and Howley with several mini strikes, and sealed the ring with a ring rattling powerbomb to Howley as Mastiff, myself, and everybody else watched from the corner, stunned, silent. What
1: monster yeah. has Big Dave created? <laughs> I did like that. I did like the look on his face, man. He was he was like, What the hell? <laughs> but yeah, this was strong, man. This is a strong tag match. And uh I don't think Pretty Deadly can have a bad match bad tag match. So I was you know but always like supposed to believe that the vest makes him a different person. <laughs> you know, he the vest must be magic, you know, because he was unstoppable and yeah, you know, I enjoyed the work of this match, though, man. I was surprised that the pretty boys lost, but uh, you know, nah, you know, come on. This was obviously here to build up stars and master and uh that vest obviously. <laughs> well, I tell you saint though, and
0: you know, we can laugh and all that stuff. But what has Jack Stars might have the best character development of a wrestler. <laughs> main event talent when you consider this is the man who got chopped so hard by volta and he was just yeah. a jobber and now he's turned into a madman and and probably slap around dave mastiff it's good stuff it's true. you
1: know
0: like yeah. this is what we
1: want true. yeah no it's true it's definitely you know you go from like Ellsworth worst level to you know, <laughs> <laughs> literally, like, yeah. To so competent, very competent, you know, or you're know, a threat, you know, people are afraid of you. Now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, like I don't say I, I wouldn't blame it at all, but uh, backstage here, Brooks, I complained to her daddy on the phone and asked for help. <laughs> um, loved it. Great video for reintroducing wild boar, former partner of primate, as well. Again, they're doing it for primate, fucking hell. Uh, dark coffee heritage cup hype and then the main event uh, Aya Dragunov versus Nathan Fraser for the NXT UK Championship and Dragonoff has risen to the occasion each time his title had been in the line. he was pushed to admit by the upstart challenge and what is arguably his most difficult title retention to date Fraser who seems to be sporting newfound confidence ever since going toe-to-toe to toe with Volta <laughs> turned the spirit into for the biggest match of his career shaking off a pair of German suplexes landing a picture-perfect hurricane runner for two after the champion of the exchanged exchange menacing forearm strikes, Fraser hit a Hurricane runner from the top rope, followed with a breathtaking corkscrew from the opposite corner that drew the longest of two counts, with the arm dangling at his side and clearly causing him great pain. The title dug deep to counter a third Hurricane runner to a powerbomb, and soon followed by building a whole head of steam and driving his head into the chest of the challenger to seal the victory. Uh, and after the bout, Dragunov helped Fraser back to his feet, appeared to offer words of encouragement, and shook his hand. As NXT UK concluded what a match.
1: Yeah, this is awesome. This is just awesome. You know, what a spot by the way for Frazier, like you said, like fresh off the match with Walter. And then you get this, you know, a title shot, you know, and uh, you know, I think they they view him highly and this match was a great proof of why and uh man I I just like this, man, and he performed well. And uh, you know this match definitely elevated Frazier. And what I love the most is like both guys' strategy. Dragonoff tried to ground him, you know, because he's like more athletic, speedy. You know, likes to go into the air. And then you know, Frazier did a good job of trying to, you know, using his speed in multiple times to avoid Dragonoff. So like, uh, you know, he tried to avoid the hard hitting style, but as long as he could, but. You know, it didn't go his way. and But this match had a little bit of everything to me, man. I like Dragunov using, like, a lot of submissions because, you know, Frazier wasn't as strong uh, as submission as, like, as someone, like, when he uh, battled, you know, people in the past. He tried to just, like I said, ground them and use his advantages throughout the match. And then, like I said, they just started – they got on a roll. And Dragunov in his defenses, like, the quality of their matches, if you think about, uh, you know, Jordan Devlin, you know, you think about how he won the championship. You know, since he's returned to NXT UK, man, he's he's on a he's on a nice run, run of a lifetime, in my opinion. So this was special stuff from both guys.
0: Yeah, when you think there's no special events to kind of build towards, and there was even no crowd at this moment in time, watching I yeah. defend the NXT UK title is special uh, because of everything he kind of gives to it. But like I said, Fraser faced off Volta and Ia and hasn't looked out of place. He took it up a level here. And I think the show itself yeah. had three big matches and really, really paid off as well. Great episode of NXT UK. Moving on to our last show, March 10th. And Dart and Coffee talked about their Heritage Cup Championship match tonight. Coffee said it would be his first match under Heritage Cup rules. We then see Charlie Dempsey was asked about where Dee Famaglia was. He said he didn't need him for his match. It's just a kid and him. So, yeah. Charlie Dempsey starting us off and AK finally fought free of Dempsey's deadly clutches for a land of the forearm strike and a wicked double arm suplex late in the bout. Moments later, as Dempsey's tracked to the official in the ring. Rajasani ambushed the Spanish superstar at ringside, driving him back first into the post and throwing him to the square circle. Dempsey took care of the rest, folding his phone and an excruciating Bo and Alistair to force a tap out. Um, <laughs> yeah. I will say, my commentary can't do this justice with the nope. opening exchanges. Nah. If you want to see picture perfect, like catches, catch can, rest and spoke, so to speak, watch this one. Dempsey is a bad, bad man. And with the news of the call up, this may be A kid's last match in XT. And he, he doesn't put a foot wrong in the ring, I would say, since joining. Um, there was a bridge in this match by Dempsey where A kid stood on yes, it. It took, took me out of my seat. I never thought I was been that credit. I would have done a Gina and give this match, you know. I would have five that five did. Yeah. Um, was it just me,
1: or I just thought this was perfect? Yeah, man. I was hyped as soon as they began like setting you up that this was going to happen, and you know, I always I think A Kid is awesome. So, like, you know, I already, I already, I got high hopes for Dempsey's future, and this match is a great example of why. He's going to be, uh, you know, just a great asset to you, NXT UK going forward. And, uh, you know, I was just really ready for this match. And, you know, he, he, you know, like you said, that opening sequence, A-Kid actually came out, like, trying to basically out Dempsey Dempsey, if you know what I mean, when it comes. And, like, Dempsey's frustration grew at one point, And then that sick bridge, and like you pointed out, and, you know, and like a- but A-Kid was just always battling back. And, like you said, didn't miss a step at all. This was just very technical. It has it was very submission based, but it was physical too. So, like I said, it just this was like you said a great a showcase of just great professional wrestling. Like a lot of people don't look at. I've been seeing a lot of pot shots at the WWE brand for not putting on professional wrestling. Well, it's only because you guys' attention is not on this, you know? Because this is that was great professional wrestling. I don't care. If you put that up against what anybody else is putting on television right now. And I like even without a crowd, in my opinion, I think it was just awesome. And, and uh, you know, but as soon as Dempsey mentioned at the beginning that they were alone <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah, no, it's he's definitely gonna be an interference. Well, but yeah, two point oh, <laughs> you know, the call up to two point uh, and A Kid doing this on the way out, I love it.
0: Well the thing with A Kid just give him manager, you know, and a lot like he yeah. talks about with Dempsey uh, and A Kid here. It was just perfect, you know, and I think Dempsey will be one of the best on the planet in 10 years, maybe even sooner, you know, and I just, part of me, like we've said, even in a a week where we had an AEW pay-per-view, for me, it's kind of the most pure wrestling, and weirdly enough, the thing that probably came the closest to it was Moxley and Bryan when Dempsey's dad showed up. Imagine him in that group. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean?
1: Like, oh my God. Don't don't do it. Don't do it, man. That'll be awesome. <laughs> you you make me want them to release him now. Yeah. <laughs> you just it would fit perfectly, you know, like oh, in a man. group. Um but
0: great, great stuff. And that submission where he actually gaps his fingers together as he's folding him. Like an accordion <laughs> oh, man, as JL would see. say unbelievable um that means he Sid sculler was about to announce a star from the united states to appear on nxt uk but don't worry it's just roderick strong only joking roderick uh wolfgang is more than happy <laughs> to face you next week on nxt uk we get a recap of isla dawn versus miko as well Nalia james was talking about the future of the title and the women's division to interrupt turner fuck stevie turner but we'll ask you what your <laughs> thoughts on Rodrick strong mate uh showing up in nxt uk
1: yeah i, I was looking at it I was like, oh so they kind of did a trade i guess you know what i mean <laughs> uh in this situation uh i don't have a problem with it because uh roger strong is in a position in nxt basically where it's like what else would he be able- what he do now without the Cruiserweight title, like. Where do you focus him? Is he, like, world title? Like, Do you want to give him a run at the NXT title? Does he need to go just fall back into the North American title picture? You know, so I can understand him just wanting to go and have a fresh batch of opponents. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, NXT UK is a very, you know, wrestling-based, like, what they like to the book is very heavy on, you know, on the wrestling. And I think Roger Strong is a great wrestler, so I think he'll be fine in NXT UK. Uh uh, going forward, and I, I can see some really good stuff. Like even if we get a possible Dragon off Strong match in the uh, in the future down the line, that would be great. Because like I said, if you let him just work, Roger Strong can be really really good. That's what he's at. that's where he's at his most compelling. He's in the ring.
0: Yeah, I think we without that, I completely agree with there. Next match: Symbiosis, T Banner and Primate with Eddie Dennis versus Josh Morrow and Danny Jones and Hellbent. Get back the winning track in the TNX UK Tag Titles. They compete for the first time since November. T Bone and Primates still the victory. Former Plant Le Morel were back into the canvas. Excuse me, and they later landed a diving headbutt from the top rope. But it certainly won't count what happened next. While Ball returning to NXT UK, ball hadn't been seen in nearly a year mm-hmm. since booting from a group by Eddie Dennis. Blistered T Bone and Primates several vicious chair shots. Although Dennis scrambled out of the ring unscathed. I did not see them making it such a big deal, but fair play. <laughs> I think I was more impressed with Morel and Jones, but, well, looks like they're going to be symbiosis, you know?
1: Yeah, I, I guess so, and, yeah, I, I agree. I thought coming into it that symbiosis with the with the vignette, you know, we're going to have a new focus, something else coming on, but, you know, uh, I, I came away from this match, like you said, more impressed with Jones than Morell, and Morel, and, you know, I didn't even, I don't, I still, until you mentioned earlier that his, his relationship with Primate, I didn't know who the hell Wild Boar was. So, uh, but, you know, I don't blame Eddie for running off because, you know, the the Boar was pissed. but <laughs> well, it just, every time it annoys me Eddie because
0: it's like, if he was to bulk up a little bit, and I hate saying it. Then, with right. his personality and what he can do, as we've heard with his promos, he could be, a, you know, really big uh, star. But again, it's each to their own. If he wants to be a manager, he can be a great manager. The Only problem with that mm-hmm. is that if you are twice the size of who you're managing, <laughs> it does take away a little bit. That's you know, we it from DDP. DDP told us this. <laughs> so it does, right? Um, anyway, we get Nina Samuel show looking to tape another episode. Uh, they counted Nina McKenzie after they had a few words. McKenzie insulted her and walked off. And I think she should leave Nina alone. A mustache mountain Olivia Carter and Ashley Smith for the heat <laughs> discussion. They wanted another shot at the tag titles, but they had a good idea: if they could beat them in singles matches first, uh, they would get the shot. We're getting Carver's bait next week, which I think is a standout match of the you know the two, and then the main event. NXT Heritage Cup Championship: Noam Dar versus Joe Coffey. And again, I'm usually quite unbiased, but I wanted Dar to win, and I was really quite <laughs> worried about what was going to happen. Uh, round one, they went back and forth early, with Coffey dominating. Coffey was going for Boston Crabbers around end. In round two, Coffey dominated with power moves, and the German start was on the back foot, uh, and unfortunately got caught by the Glasgow send off. And he got pinned at 2 minutes 25 of the round with Coffey going 1-0 up. Round 3, while well, Coffey repeatedly took down Dar with brace locks. At this moment in time, I thought Dar was in serious trouble. But I forgot about the corner man of the year, Shah Samuels. He was even telling him to use the elbows and tried to use the strikes to change it up. Um, Dar was the distraction at ringside. And Char was the distraction as Dar had the knee bar on when Coffey escaped. Darling caught Coffey in a pinning combination Took take the next fall at one all. Into round four, Darl dominated early, working on Coffey's knees. Coffey ended up in the apron and hit Stingshot's shoulder block, followed by an over-belly-to-belly suplex. Coffee locked in the Boston crowd with 15 seconds to go, but Dar grabbed the ropes. They brought it ringside as the round ended. They had to be separated by the cornermen, and Charlotte Dahl had a cheap shot as they were being pulled apart. And it's even... I don't know if it's just because the rounds, seems more impactful. You know, like, oh, that one strike, is going, that's going to fuck him up more than even a series of moves in a normal match. You know, it's, it's really right. weird. Like, I don't know how they set it up. I really like it. And then round five, Darcy like, with a running kick in the corner, followed with another running kick. He went for the Nova roller, but coffee stopped in midair with a Glasgow send-off, but couldn't recover, and then he got a 2 Coffee hit a Lariat for another near-fall when they traded strikes. Coffee hit a Discus Lariat, but Samuels again put Dar's <laughs> foot on the rope <laughs> taking uh, prompting Mark Coffey to take him out, but it didn't matter because Dar used the confusion to hit the Nova Roller and scored a deciding pinfall at 2 minutes 53 of the, five, of the fifth round. Dar wins 2-1. Thank fuck Dar won. Uh, I was a great match, but then again, like I said, I'm extremely biased. What did you think?
1: Me too. I'm also very biased. I wrote that down. I'm very biased when it comes to Dar, but I love this match. And I also love what Joe Coffey brought and brings in the ring in general. So this match is just awesome to me all around, man. You know, Coffey started off more technical than anyone expected. Like, you know, instead of just roughhousing the smaller guy, you know, he, he played around with him a little bit and kind of baited him, like how Dar usually does at the beginning of his matches sometimes. But uh, in the past, you know, uh, I mean, it started off like I said, beyond bad for my boy. You know, I really was worried. <laughs> I was worried the way it started off. You know, like you said, uh, but it's like you Sha, he is the greatest corner man in Heritage Cup mm-hmm. history by far, in my opinion. No one is more important, and he was the reason why Noam was able to get the first fall. He was the reason why he was able <laughs> to. You know, get the distraction to take advantage at the end there. I love this match. I'm definitely biased. But this was awesome, man. I liked it. I even
0: Dar's <laughs> little mannerisms of even go look at the size of me when Joe is obviously twice the size of him. <laughs> right. Like, <places. laughs> yeah. But Coffee has got this intimidating factor. You know, Gallus boys on top and all this kind of stuff. I just – my problem is if Gallus can't reach – or break the glass ceiling in NXT UK, how much success are they going to have elsewhere? Because, like I said, Joe has had two takeover main events uh, one against Volta, one against Pete Dunne, and he's not won gold yet in NXT. I know Wolfgang and Mark Coffey have won tag gold, but they were longest reigning champions in in, in the group uh, in, in NX UK. But what's next for Gallus? You know, right. and with Darwin Shah, they can just have anybody. Because we could watch this every <laughs> f- four weeks. Do you know what I mean? Have them in a yeah. Heritage Cup match. Uh, the question is, what's next for Gallus? I
1: agree 100%. I'm not sure. You know, like you said, Joe Coffey, it seems like uh, he, you know, has not got you know gotten over that hump. You know, and again, losing here, I don't know what they do. Like, how do you, how would you build him up to even give him a shot and maybe a uh, dragging off down the line or something like that. I don't know. Like you said, where do you immediately go here? Uh, you know, uh, so I, I I just don't know. Honestly, right now I'm just like you. I, I can't think of anything when it comes to what you can do for Joe. And as far as Gallus, maybe they go back into challenges for tag titles eventually. But it's like like you said, I, I've noticed they're starting to go it alone. Wolf gains in a singles match. Mark was alone, not Joe. So. You know, maybe they're just going to try to go after different individual things for a while, but just still be known as Gallus. I'm not sure, but as of right now, I'm pretty sure they've are just, just been they been used uh, in different areas, and that's spreading them out. So we'll see where that goes. But at this point, uh, I don't see a big things uh, in Gallus' future as of the rest of the year, at least for right now that I can think of in the tag division or individually as far as championship go. Now, if you pick up a few wins... You know, we'll see in a few weeks. And like you said, Noam Dar and uh, Shaw, just money. They they mastered this this Heritage Cup formula, if you know what I mean. Of you know, of doing it, and they do it in different ways, creative ways. Like uh, in my opinion, you know. Uh, so I, I just liked it, like I said. And I, I'm all I'm on the emotional roller coaster every time. I, that's why I love Nadal. Nadal just like me because whatever Nadal is usually rooted for, no help just like I am. <laughs> So I, I just love this. It. Like uh, when he said he was gonna beat him in two rounds. It's like, oh, he meant two rounds in a row. Not. <laughs> not two rounds after he got destroyed the first two rounds. But well,
0: like you said, there's so many things there. Even the point of if Joe Coffey can pick up victories, and it shows you in next UK victories are important because a bit like Isla Dawn, who's right. you for the women's title in two weeks, you know, if you can get wins, you can go there. Like I said, our next up right. is going to be interesting because we've got the women's title on the line. We know Roderick Strong's going to make his debut against Wolfgang. With Dar and Shah, it's just like, who are they going to offend next for them to get challenged for the Heritage Cup. That's how simple Dark can be, just to upset <laughs> exactly. someone. We've already got the tag team title story going on with uh, Smith and Carter. Of course, we're going to have those singles matches as well. But this is why I still love NXT UK, because it's even like in the three episodes we've had, we've had tag team titles, the setup up for the women's title match, a Heritage Cup, and of course the NXT UK title on the line. And we've not even mentioned who's going to be next in line for a year. Dragunov. You know, because we've got all these right. other things to focus on in NXT UK. And when it does come, we're going to find out, you know, and it's going to be quite exciting.
1: Yeah, they do a really good job of doing it. And like like I mentioned all the time, NXT uh, UK does a really good job of just keeping it simple. You know, yeah, not that it's not uh, compelling or interesting storyline because of it. They found a way to keep it to where you understand what's going on, who's involved with who. Who's possibly next in line? You can kind of see it coming. Like I said, you know, you keep showing us a couple of singles matches, three, four weeks in a row. You're obviously leading us somewhere with Isla. Dunn. same thing with a male down the line. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, they're leading us somewhere. You know, they do a really good job of just keeping this simple. They don't have a lot of time, and I think that's what benefit that's, that that they go to their benefit because everything they show you is important. You know what I'm saying? Everything they show you is leading to something in this next batch of episodes or whatever it is, or however you choose to watch it, leading to next week. And they do a really good job with that. And, you know, I, I thought, like you said, some things progress fine. Some things are you just got to let stew and we'll see where it goes. But I'm confident, like you said, that we will always know where we're heading because they do a really good job of preparing you and getting you ready. And matches like Dragonoff and Frazier, Dempsey and a Darn Coffee, like I said, Stuff like that is nothing like it in my opinion. Like NXT UK, that that's that's top that top tier stuff in my opinion. And I and I like you said, this is one of the things I appreciate about NXT UK. Everything is simple, everything makes sense, and then it's just in the ring. Let the workers do what they do. And uh, I thought this was a, another solid batch of shows for NXT UK. Yeah, without a doubt. And like I said, we've we've been so disappointed
0: with the main roster, especially with butch with Pete Dunne. And NXT UK can cheer us up because at that moment in time, they're fine. It's not until they move on from there they do get fucked up. So let's exactly. Enjoy, let's just enjoy what we've got at the moment because like I said, it is very, <laughs> very good stuff. Uh, but that is it. Another NXT update done. Don't forget, across all social media, Twitter at The R Podcast. I'm at The R JR. Monty,
1: where can they find you? On
0: Twitter, at Mind Monty,
1: Pod. Monty with a watch. I had somebody ask me. <laughs> so I know this one of why. So I'm sorry. Mine, <laughs> mine, uh-uh.
0: That's why I usually try and do WNRJR as the easiest thing because yeah. Roland's is not maybe the easiest name uh, to be spelled. <laughs> but don't worry because it's up and i also on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, all Google platforms send us an email. at podcast at gmail.com. YouTube, done podcast with all next clips. Podcasts got the same time on YouTube. You do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, Subscribe, rate and review there. So that is it. Our next episode will be next weekend where we relive and review WrestleMania 34, which was the last time Brock and Roman headlined a mania. And plus, Monty, you were there.
1: Yes, I was there live, and man, don't, that was a cluster. That particular match you just brought up—you don't know the half of it. And people were drunk. Oh man, I got stories. But anyway, uh... oh, I cannot, I cannot wait
0: because we do know. I mean, anybody's listened to the podcast with Jaxie, with Charlotte. The reason she hates Charlotte so much is because <laughs> she beat Oscar. So we're actually going to fight. This is, this is, this is an origin story of yeah. hate. <laughs> Jaxi as well. so It's going to be really, really fun. And I maybe oh, really? even play old clips when I actually watched the uh, the event live and was doing the podcast as well. Because if I could be bothered cool. to clip, I will say it. If it's <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it should be a fun show. And Monty, again, it's always a pleasure and never chore having you on, especially when it's at NXT. But like I said, we've had such great response for you being on uh, with the AEW shows and the WWE shows now as well. People really do think they want us to just do group <laughs> shows every week. It's not going to happen because some people aren't going to do <laughs> NXT. Right, <laughs>
1: some right yeah. Some people can't stomach it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there's other There's other people that have been here in the trenches who know what we <laughs> went through. <laughs>
1: so. right you gotta you know you gotta put in some work you gotta like what <laughs> you gotta bleed with us <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you gotta bleed with us <laughs> that is, I think on that note
0: we couldn't leave it on a better note than uh, yeah to be a
1: part of it
0: <laughs> you have to bleed <laughs> with us well like I said I've been James Reynolds. I was joined by Monty uh, thanks for listening buddy and bye
1: adios